Okay, I'm number six, and this is TNP Live. And we have taken the keys from AM Wake Up and commandeered their vehicle. And here's this week's monologue. In the world we find ourselves in today, I imagine some of us as campers along a lake. The lake, full of peace and tranquility, has started to feel different recently, with bubbles coming to the surface from its depths. Then all of a sudden, an undead killer rises from the water, masked up and holding a machete. And it's up to us to warn others of this supernatural foe. But can we, before it's too late for them, or maybe even us? I imagine as we approach those who are in charge and them blaming Iran for this, um, I can see folks swearing to God to get back at the monster for what it did to them and their family. But I can also see citizens taking the side of the monster for punishing those who don't follow the rules of the universe and clean up their camps. However, no matter who blames who, the monster still stalks and kills at will. Then I see the information about the killer being stopped from being spread because it was labeled disinformation according to the ADL. Maybe the Biden administration would make a few phone calls to Facebook and X to make sure the story wasn't going viral. Let's say it was to keep the people from panicking. Others like me would probably say that it's because they created the monster. And I'd be somewhat right. But what I got wrong makes all the difference. The undead creatures of fantasy nightmares are but an expression of the true nature of man in our darkest places. Places not unlike the cold lake bottom we chain our monsters to, but in the cold rubble of a drone strike, in the cold lifeless eyes of a child filled with shrapnel or a mother weeping over it is where those monsters live. Because those monsters are really us, and we dress them up to hide the resemblance, making most days a sort of opposite Halloween. When you look at the human side of an undead slasher, you may start to feel an affinity, especially if the slasher is going after what your culture finds repugnant. Like a fan cheering for his or her team and disregarding clear rule-breaking or obvious ref malfeasance and still celebrating the victory. We all can get behind a slaughter. I guess it just depends on who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. But who gets to put that in frame for us? Who's directing this piece of shit in Gaza right now? Is it history? Morality? God? I hope that it isn't science, but I'll settle for one that seems to make sense to me. How about the banks? See, people see patterns in life. You can call it scientific, but much of it's based on speculation, which is more faith if you ask me. These patterns I've been seeing are not in the actions of a country or non-country. They do not come from a depiction of a character that's supposed to stand for any particular identity, at least not one intended for all of man. The truth is we create these creatures 
in the creepy crawler machine called the state, which is a play toy for the banks. We don't own it, run it, or tell it what to do. If you think the system is rigged to do this, then you should be anti-war. I don't care how many babies' heads Biden claims to have seen or if Orange Jesus says the same. Fuck this war and all wars, because all wars are bankers' wars. Things can be settled peacefully, no matter what the news tells you. Because also lying in the heart of man is the want to be rid of the undead monster that is our wrath. Those embracing it do not deserve power. And if they can't be removed, then we must start over. I can see why some of my friends pray for forgiveness. Because the monster is in all of us. And that's what is truly scary to those like us who see it. And that's this week's monologue. Drop a six in the chat if you feel me. All right, we got TNP contributor Chris Graves. We have Steve, Chris, and Shelly from AM Wake Up. Folks, say hello to the folks. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Good morning, y'all. Hi, yes. how's it going? I'm, I'm happy that, that we're doing this, and I'm, I'm glad that Chris is with us, although... Uh, if I had did a little bit extra, if I would have known, I would have put your face on Molly Ringwald's for the thumbnail. Standing in in the role of Molly Ringwald today is Chris today, Graves. The part of Molly Ringwald played <laughs> by Chris Graves. If you all turn to your programs, slight, slight adjustment has been made. Yes, yeah, shout out to Lisa. She couldn't make it today, but good thing our friend Chris Graves uh, was available and able to be here with us. Chris, great to see you, brother. Thanks. It's good to be alive because uh, I didn't think I was going to be at a certain point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine all of the different reanimator experiments we would have had to do to bring your ass back. So, <laughs> you know, glad you saved me that because I could barely produce a fucking podcast. Um, Chris, how are you feeling this morning, buddy? Other Chris from yeah. Rancast <laughs> and Amway. <laughs> We're going to have to enact a damn. nickname rule. <laughs> uh I'm good. I'm high. Uh, it's yes. Friday. It's fucking Friday. And, uh, ain't got no job. Ain't got, got shit job. to do. Ain't got yes. shit to do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> if we right. only could have had Witherspoon on the show before he passed. Do you understand oh. the words that are coming out of my mouth? Thank you. It's a different movie, but perfect. <laughs> So were and you we, really were you really equating Hamas and that whole thing with Jason Voorhees? I mean, this is Friday the Thirteenth, Grace. I had to do something. Is there. it? Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. And right, now that makes it's more a sense. famous okay. day of all Friday the Thirteenth. Should I just yeah. hang out with a chainsaw for the show? Yes. <laughs> would that would that be? I'm... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i can't believe i didn't put that on here i know i know i like did that like have you had a v8 like you know naked gun head slap when i realized i didn't have that <laughs> of all the shit i didn't and, and you think that chris would have it in his in his stuff do you do you have that somewhere in your your branding little deals me 
All right. Oh, wait, oh which, no. Yeah, damn it. There's two Chris's. Shelly, we got to do Graham. something here. Well, yeah, just I'm just going to call Dude, him There's Graves. too many Chris's. Let me tell you. There's, there's too, way, many too many Chris's. <laughs> like fucking tribbles around here. They're just, yes. And we have a chainsaw already. <laughs> I have a hockey mask, just not available right now. I'll see. We're getting we got it. We almost have a full slasher uh, going on. If you can combine us all, like a, I got a like Freddy one too, but that doesn't make any sense right now. I guess. I mean, we can make our own gimmick out of it. We already have the chainsaw. That's that's more Leatherface. So I mean, has Jason ever killed anybody with a chainsaw, Graves? Not with a chainsaw, but uh, Chevy Chase uh, famously uh, or infamously in uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation came out with a hockey mask uh, and brandishing a chainsaw that was in the spirit of Jason. I appreciate that. That if that counts. Yeah, and I I realize that that that's Leatherface. I just I don't I have to go to a different part of the house. Yeah. Hold on, Jason never used the chainsaw once. He used other uh, in, uh, other tools like. Um, I know there was like a weed eater. Yeah, well, it was the weed whacker thing, but with a uh, regular uh, like a table saw kind of thing attached to it that they made specifically for part seven. But weed that was is also a metal band. video game. Oh yeah, yeah, they, they yeah that came out a couple, know, couple years ago. All now, but you could put usually weapons Jason, together. Usually Jason's Mr. Machete. That's usually his thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, right. the machete's on the other side of the house with the chainsaws <laughs> right here. So, Believe me, I know way too much about Friday the 13th and Leatherface, Freddy, and Jason and Michael. So, yeah. Pretty but, sure I told you this, that I have a, it's a, it's a still from the end of um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it's signed by, uh, oh, God, what the hell? The actor that played him, Gunnar Hansen. Yeah, yeah, it's signed by. Yeah, him. I got my picture with I, him. Yeah. I just don't have it at my place, but I still have it somewhere. Yeah, he was like, uh, he was like a college uh, professor slash uh, pretty uh, astute writer. Uh, a lot of people don't know that. Kind of like Wes Craven, Freddy's creator. He was a college professor too. So sometimes these uh, characters don't come from just you know maniacs or just idiots or whatever you know you would you would see a professor writing a story about a guy who only kills college students oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense yeah yeah reminds Soft me of the disclosure. movie uh, uh urban legends where everybody thought it was the professor but it ended up being the chick yeah robert england was in that freddy yeah. krueger himself he was uh i love that movie oh, yeah. <laughs> Michael Rosenbaum for Alex Luther from Smallville. He was a victim in that too. I'll have to watch that uh, Robert England documentary that you did the interview about Graves. Oh, I want to try to get Robert uh, on one of these shows eventually, you know? Yeah. I think that there's uh if you go back folks, a couple episodes uh, and find the, I think it was a digging Chris Graves. Yeah. It was a guy um, named Gary smart. He's like from England. He put together a whole, uh, documentary on the, the the actor robert england the famous character actor before he played freddy krueger where he literally worked with everybody including like arnold schwarzenegger uh henry fonda he was like a co-star with him he worked literally with everybody before putting on the glove so i followed robert's work his whole you know his whole career he's 
literally worked with everybody, you know. But anyway, but happy Friday the 13th, everybody, if, if there is such a thing, besides all this craziness and uh, possible fakery overseas and everything, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a crazy time to do another simulcast in the midst of like maybe the start of uh, another World War Three. I mean, how many has it been this past couple years? <laughs> so yeah. it was like was a World War fifth or sixth precipice of World War Three, with everybody forgetting that the Cold War is effectively the Third War. Yeah. And what we're in now is our fourth, if not fifth, global fucking psyop. Yeah, it's just yeah. another front, you know? It's another another space on the risk board that, that we're all treating the world The space as. on the risk board is your head. <laughs> yeah. Your fucking yes. brain. Every That's the final space on the risk board for everybody is your critical thinking and who you've outsourced it to or who you've allowed to take it from you. Or if you've been able to keep it. Yeah, I do have a word from Australia from Harps. Our friend Chris uh, Graves is that yeah. uh, it is Saturday the 14th there and nothing happened. So the, we're, the yeah. day of jihad is finally yeah. for yeah. the sun is set right. on fair Australia. Australia's made it out of the day of jihad. So All right. we, can, we can celebrate that. The kangaroos are safe. Okay. <laughs> and not uh, such a great movie either. Saturday the 14th. No, no, did not get as much traction. No. Saturday the 14th. No, no. It's horrible. Although you could probably catch it on uh, Zach Amico's Midnight Spook Show. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I love Zach. I do. Third Eye Carnival, by the way. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, speaking of fuck ass digital for also hosting a fucking fight thing called a carnival on the exact same day that we are. They announced yeah. it like the carnival weekend carnival. after. G the that look man i'll admit the parallel that parallel thinking occurs i will i will little known fact lewis j gobos and i share a birthday so it's possible oh, that we had the same thought at the same time <laughs> it just what, went someone, different what, directions with it but someone ripped you off no 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 it's oh. just one of those things where ellis like, and gomez are putting on carnival of carnage on oh. November fourth on You're November fourth, that's where it's at. Uh, uh, and Alex, you shouldn't call it Psycho Circus. You know, <laughs> ended up ripping off the Kiss deal. Yes, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna have it in you know New York or something. My my bed is covered in rat feces. Gomez. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Sounds like New York. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. Sainted. No, I I had it. Uh, my last apartment was infested with grass for a year, and I live upstate. So, aren't they like pets up there or something? Yeah, what I are you doing? Do one that's like this fucking big. Like, it's oh, they all have guns, so it's, it's just like, how do you fend them off? <laughs> it's out of the movie Princess Bride, that whatever the fuck that thing is in the fucking the, swamp. What the are those of unusual size? Yeah, that's what the rats are in. New York, right? New York I City. Got a graveyard. New York City, yeah, they got the giant sewer rats. You got them on leashes and shit. Or a graveyard shift. What's that? Pizza rat. The Stephen King movie Graveyard Shift, I think, where the old the old mill where there's like huge rats everywhere. I think I'm saying oh. it right. 
Pizza Rat's like what a decade old, right? At least, it's, man. Pizza Rat's got to be the like, size of a fucking Tesla by now. Yeah, they're huge. They can just walk around. Oh, one hand. Eric up. Adams declared a war against the rats in New York City. Yeah, good oh. one. Just like a few days ago, or something that like that. That is so Have ironic that from video? the guy who used to head internal yeah. affairs. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that video where a dude walks up to a crack on the sidewalk and he puts his foot on it and it collapses down like the whole fucking sidewalk collapses. oh and it's like, all rats new york city it. is all falling apart like yeah and someday it's just gonna collapse into the ground oh wait hang on do you mean to suggest that a whole bunch of fly-by-night mafia ran cut corner fucking construction companies Dude. may not have built the most <laughs> architecturally sound city on the face of god's green they earth? might have problems there and if you think about yeah i mean it's really hard to like uh fix that too because it's so on top of itself right and like uh, you know, we've seen how they take buildings down there. Uh, you know, with planes. Where are you gonna get a couple of planes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Seven. Hands to fucking yeah. knock down buildings. Like so building seven. Yeah. Yeah. So you can build new buildings, right? Yeah. And you got to fix the fucking ground. Like they're just stepping on parts of the sidewalk in New York City, and it's collapsing into the underground, which it's a whole another city under there. Like Chud. So they've got to like uh, I don't know Tonga or something's got to go off or something. Is it Tonga? Which one's the one uh, out there that could cause that tsunami <laughs> to hit New York? Sorry, Shelly, I'm just saying that's their plan, not mine. I don't live in the city. I, I live upstate. I live like well, if that, I can't remember what <laughs> volcano it is that's sitting on that shelf out there in the ocean. That uh, if that shelf breaks. It'll be a wall of water that wipes out the east, the whole east coast. Ah, shit. It'll probably go over Florida. I mean, it'll it's, it'll be huge. I bet you Al Gore knows this shit. Yeah, probably. He knows about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was that volcano that was going change. off. It's not Tonga. Tonga is the one that blew up and uh, caused that shock wave around the earth, right? God, which one is it out there now? La Palma. La Palma. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do yeah, have friends that are stuff. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while since that course in, in school. But yeah, I forget all that stuff, man. But that's that's interesting, though. Like, I definitely, that's one thing. Uh, yeah. No, it, it was, was interesting when La Palma was erupting yeah. and there was the fear that that uh, fissure would finally crack off and cause that tsunami. And it just so happened that all the, the shipping, the sh cargo ships were sitting on the coast you know when nothing was moving so you basically had like all these buildings to throw out the building if a tsunami were to come and fucking you know hit new york city the dog is fact checking you uh, as we speak so it's dogs working, for, there, dogs working there, for facebook i think my neighbor might be outside because she's like cocking her head at the door oh yeah <laughs> so i'm just taking a whole shitload of new medication because uh I had a few, a whole bunch of strokes and stuff. So now I have like 10 different meds and I'm being very careful that I didn't just take uh, doubles here. <laughs> well, fuck, we're, we're happy you're here with us, brother. And in fact, uh, everyone out there, uh, cheers to our good friend, Chris Graves. I'm just yeah. literally like, we all, we're, we're all going to take our medication with you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I hate that. Yeah, now I got like 10. Oh, fuck. Anyway. Anyway, okay. All right. Sorry about that. So, but yeah, no, you said there's a tsunami that's off the the no no, that's not what you're Oh saying. yeah, yeah. I mean La Palma is is it La Palma? I can't remember the volcano that's sitting off of uh which oceans out there, the Atlantic on that side. I yeah. probably know more about Brian De Palma. It's La Palma, I think, or something <laughs> like that. Uh volcano that was going off was it last year? In twenty twenty two, I think for a couple months and it sits if there's a fissure that has been created and when you look at the the way this island has formed it's yeah. got basically this big cantilevered shelf hanging off the side of it oh. going into the ocean and if that fissure breaks a huge chunk of that island fall goes into the ocean now you would huge. think that they would have reported it on that quite a bit but instead we got uh the ukraine war last year well, I mean, yeah, they there was a couple reports on it, but nothing. And it was just yeah. uh, by coincidence is when, right. you know, there we were seeing reports of all those uh, cargo ships sitting on the East Coast, sitting on the West Coast because they weren't being moved. Oh, yeah. weren't being able to port. So then you had this situation that if the simul the computer simulations were right, when that shelf pops off, yeah, you'd be literally like throwing buildings at buildings you know right. right i mean i mean a cargo ship is the size of a fucking building i mean yeah so i remember i remember during covid remember they uh trumpy dumpty there he uh didn't he order cargo ships to new york and la for um because of the hospitals being over over oh, and all that. Courage they were naval ships, ships. Yeah. yeah they were naval ships. they had them on the coast they shut down all the hospitals. They expanded all the outdoor shit. And they had all these emergency uh, fucking ERs or whatever set up specifically for COVID. And no one used they it. All the hospitals shut. They didn't fucking use them. It was... Yeah. Well, what was funny was New doing. York, they reported when that ship came in that what they were going to do, they were going to take the like long-term patients out of the hospital and move them to their ship. Like what the fuck you were going to take like the cancer patients and shit what? and take them and move them into the ship. Like you, you don't understand Chris. See what it was going to be is it was going to be another remake of cocoon. And they were going to put all the old long COVID people out on the boat in the middle of the ocean, but they were going to put some sort of alien little thing landed on down in there. And then they all were. of them were going to go for a swim and they were going to come out naked, but hot. But yes. the cure to COVID. This was the plan. Is that Wilford? They're going to harvest the. They're going to harvest all the blood in the white blood cells from the cocooned old people on the the floating Death Island, and then yep. they're going to bring them back and drop them off into Times Square, and they're going to let them wander, wander around. And see gonna, that's how you get your herd immunity. Now, yep. <laughs> and in California, remember a guy tried to wakeupshow.com. <laughs> 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 that is a guy trying to fucking ram a train into a, a boat. Oh, yeah. Ah, I forgot about that. I that thought they were going to go crazy, you know, about conspiracy well, theorists. And yeah, shit. because I tried yeah. to drive a train across a yard that had no track and hit a boat with it. Like, even if you would have made it to the port part, yeah, you still had a fucking quite a jump. 
that that train had to hit, you know, to get and maybe ding the ship a bit or something like yeah. the dumbest fucking thing I, I think I'd ever seen. I, I thought for sure they were going to really go hard on the misinformation, the Q movement type shit, the conspiracy thing and and try to shut us, the internets down at that point because you got loony guys stealing trains thinking trains just drive forever. They'll just fucking run into boats. <laughs> like literal Grand Theft Auto shit. I don't even think the train can get that far. In Grand we'll Theft create our own track. When we get nothing there. but fucking problems with Rockfin. Yeah, we did. It said we were live in the thing, and we weren't live on Rockfin. And it said we were live on Rockfin, and then it just immediately dropped out again. It's Doing our best here. It's Technical Rumble. Is the explanation. Rumble fucked up. You too? see this in bad television. Um, Rumble is Rumble is going strong. Yeah, we got some good friends in the chat and everything. Rumble decided to work today. Yeah. Okay. It is working now. I guess we only get one. <laughs> oh, wait. Rumble's working. Rockfin's not working. Yeah. Rockfin's not working. Rockfin, yeah. Rockfin finally took a shit, huh? Mm. When, when work does Rockfin ever work right? Well, it was weird because I went to the page just to check on the chat there, and it wouldn't let me like sort of comment anything. Like the little box where you put in the text was gone. So I'm like, okay, what's wrong with this? And then I went up and refreshed, and it says that they got a bot. 19 minutes and eight seconds of our broadcast, but I'm not sure how much of that was actually live. So, I don't know. Eh. I don't know. Great thumbnail, though. I mean, but it's there for Rumble, too, and for posterity yeah. and in the Substack uh, later this week or something like that, and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah, yeah. Oh, welcome to Substack, by the way. That's uh, that's awesome that you guys did that. I think that's a really cool thing to do for the audience because I mean you guys cover a lot of shit during the week, so it's sometimes yeah, some, sometimes it's like <laughs> sometimes it's like five links for the week because we yeah. just we had like multiple guests and we don't really ever get to anything. And then I'm distracted the whole time. No, I like it when you guys just shoot the shit back and forth personally. <laughs> Even without the guests, I mean the the shaman guy, he was interesting, but yes, definitely he interesting. Was certainly interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Now he's he got a show about occult shit. He surprised okay. me with some of the stuff he started talking about, though. Oh, <laughs> hey, so there's this thing, Shelly, that I don't know if you've heard of it or not, but it's called Operation Gladio. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Have you ever heard of COINTELPRO, guys? Yeah, COINTELPRO. Have you ever heard of Paperclip? <laughs> yeah, when he said that, I was like, then he like pasted oh. them together. He put Paperclip mm -hmm. with Gladio, and I was like yelling at the screen. I'm like, you're, fuck, you're fucking putting them all together. <laughs> well, he is the proprietor of non-misinformation. That's right. <laughs> Well, the whole time, I'm like, why is he getting his picture with Bernard Carrick and Rudy Giuliani? And uh, I had to use, what did I have to use where people were like, oh, that's the best you can do? Because I couldn't find the original source because uh, the Twitter the Twitter post had been deleted. Oh, it was Snopes. And I did not want to use Snopes like as the source. Mm -hmm. but that was the only place that it still existed, that picture of him with Giuliani. And I was like, oh, no. Wow. Like, yeah, you're using Snopes, huh? And I'm like, no, I don't want to, but that's the only place I can find it. Now. 
Snopes is like using the toilet paper roll itself, like when you run out, you know, like you yeah, just don't want much. to, but it's it's a necessity. No, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, to to play devil's advocate for uh, uh, Mr. Hornfuck, um, whatever his name is, um, yeah, Jelly. I think. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Chris. It's like two um, names, I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, different daddies, two different daddies, maybe. Um, Jake no. has two dads. Two dads. Oh, yeah, my Jake, two dads. I remember that show. Old Jakey two dads. That's what we'll call them. Um, but, yeah, what you guys said uh, sometime this week, I forget what day it was because I'm lucky I know what day it is today, um, is that you guys have a more of a upper belt type of show. Like, just, you know, you're you're up there in the, the purple belts, at least, like advanced knowledge necessary to kind of hang with this type of conversation. And um, I think that maybe someone like Jake is in that orange belt level, you know, well, see, where he's here, been here's to some thing. things and doesn't know what know to attribute things to. The hierarchy of colors of belts. We okay. like, I feel like we try to be accommodating. I guess sometimes it doesn't come across that way. But here's the problem: if you're like, if you're going to try to to you know spar or spark you. With, yeah. with people who have a, a just a completely different knowledge base that that we're working from yeah you're not going to understand what's going on you're going to be really angry and if you don't have a sense of humor you know it's it's going to be incredibly off-putting and the the amount of shit like the here's 35 books i'll see you in three years that it kind of takes you know makes for i i guess a dismissive fish i i don't know i guess it comes across that way and it's like well it's not the it's not that somebody doesn't have the time to hold your hand and walk you through the last you know 100 years of legitimate history accurate history um it's just i'm not that dude does not this this show if i wanted to do that show there would be an additional channel and it would be me for an hour or an hour and 10 minutes going exhaustively through little bits of things until it was you know uh, absorbed but i don't have the time or patience for that and that show already exists it's called conspiracy synergy and t snyder does it so i mean <laughs> yeah and to to a lot of degrees so does true stream media so does james yeah. corbett you know i mean a lot of people have been doing this for a really long time including t's uh, that that do it really well yeah yeah i do it bad. i do funny voices and make dick jokes i do horrible yeah, voices we all have our niche and, and like the the thing about that too is is that you know that not everybody hangs out in the 101 space forever like so people that graduate from one platform to another and people that find other people to listen to and other interesting voices to check out especially ones that even may oppose what they normally would think like that's that's the biggest you know challenge if i were a sensei i'd, I'd tell my students to do is you know to find the voices you think that you're going to find the most opposition and challenge yourself there like, because if you come up with nothing at the end, like if you have nothing to fight back with, like I watched a brilliant performance this week. And I, I say performance. And... Uh-oh. Did we lose it? Six? 
go. Oh, you guys are all back. Oh, there we go. We're back. There we what? go. You we were here. And then that was it. What is going tired. on? I don't know. I, I just, we, something weird curse Friday the 13th, something like Marmots that. Marmots in the Technical machine. Gremlins. Killer I mean, it, it is a cursed day. And actually, even before we get into that part of the discussion where I talk about Scott Horton and how awesome he was on Viva Fry's show, let me just pull this up to just give a big thank you to the AM Wake Up audience. Because the AM Wake Up audience was able to provide me with a little bit of knowledge about this topic. And I am, you know, when it comes to ancient history, I am but a novice. Like, I don't really have a fucking clue. So I pulled a little bit of information about today's date. And it's really interesting. Um, apparently, today, oh, Friday yeah. the 13th, 1307, was uh, the day that the Knights Templar are arrested and executed. Wow. Now, this article, which I pulled from 2017, was also written on an October the 13th, but it says the Order of the Knights uh, Templar traced their lineage back to the First Crusade. The history and fascination about who they were and their military prowess, wealth, and ultimate demise has been a never-ending source legend in both books and film. And after the initial crusade to take the city of Jerusalem back from the Muslims in 1099, back in the day, uh, this caused many religious pilgrims from Europe to visit the Holy Land and the religious sites set down in the Bible. But to get through to Jerusalem, those Europeans had to cross through Muslim-held lands, and many of them have, were robbed and murdered. Now, a French knight, uh, oh, I'm going to fuck this up, Hughes de Payens, we're going with that, sounds like depends. Huge payments. Huge, oh, you got it. That's why I wanted to read through to this part, Steve. You, you know exactly why I wanted to. Uh, created an order that consisted of himself and eight other knights, which became known as the Poppers Camillatones, <laughs> Christi Templici Solomici. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Botched the shit out of that. The, the poor fellow soldiers of Christ and the Temple of Solomon. Now, there we go. Now, this eventually became shortened to the Knights Templar. Thank goodness. Uh, these knights were related to Paeans either by blood or marriage. And their mission was to protect the pilgrims traveling to the Holy Land. Uh, they approached King Baldwin II in Jerusalem and allowed them to set up their headquarters in Temple Mount. That sounds familiar. Uh, the Dome of the Rock became a Christian church and the Al-Asqua Mosque. Uh, located atop of what was believed to be Solomon's Temple is where the Templars were located. Um, now, it says, early in their existence, the Templars were criticized, especially about the practice of their carrying of swords, which was taboo at the time for religious men. But thanks to influential Bernard of Clairvaux, yeah, uh, who wrote an essay on the order, the men of the Templar became the first warrior monks of the Western world. He wrote, a Templar knight is a truly fearless knight and secure on every side, for his soul is protected by the armor of faith, just as his body is protected by the armor of steel. Sounds metal as fuck. He is thus doubly armed and need fear neither demons nor men. Oh, what, that reminds me of um, uh, Tenacious D. Graves. <laughs> Be you oh, demons? Yeah. <laughs> I say nay. We are yeah. good men. Zanzibar. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
So this is where it gets fucking crazy. It says the order received a formal endorsement by the Catholic Church in 1129 and in 1139, and their status was bolstered even further when Pope Innocent II. Now, <laughs> Pope Innocent, are you talking about like <laughs> wanting to preempt something? Okay, <laughs> like I just want. Sure, that when I'm swearing, me, I'm Pope Innocent the Fifth. Everybody knows. <laughs> oh, the names and the hats. Oh, it's, it's fucking great. But among them, it says the Templars were exempt from paying taxes. Oh, I wonder if that was an advantage. Uh, thank you, Chicken. Permitted to build their own oratories and answer to no one save the Pope himself. Now, members swore an oath of poverty, chastity, and obedience. Mm. Um, Templars didn't drink, gamble, or swear. They were devout Christians who spent much of their time in prayer, and they adopted a simple white tunic that was adorned by a red cross, which became their signature hallmark. Now, I hope that the red cross went over like the PP area, because how do you not get piss on a white tunic? Like, in fact, uh, Chris uh, from Rantcast. The next time that you go to get your needlepoint stuff, wear a white tunic because yeah. then you will have certain proof that you did indeed piss yourself. <laughs> That's true. That's a nice callback. Right. Um, <laughs> so I believe, I believe the 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 tunic uh, went over the uh, the riding breeches and chainmaily you know, accoutrement uh, as part of the regular night thing. However, however, uh, if you're just monking it up around the Abbey, well, I mean, who, who are you really trying to not have a piss stained tunic for? Because it's not like you're letting a bunch of bitches up in there. Does it really matter? Does it really matter? You sleep on the floor on a straw mattress in basically like a tiny little fucking prison cell. Because that's how you think God told you you're supposed to live. You, you know, you got brother Abe, the washman, whose whole job it is, is to sit there like, you know, stomp the literally stomp the piss out of the tunics. So, I mean, and you're the banking monkery. So you can afford, you know, uh, a tunic a day swap it out if you need to but i i do i do maintain that if you don't have anybody to impress you don't really care if there's a few dribbles down your tunic dribbles. <laughs> i was gonna say that whole experience reminded me of uh graves's trip to la <laughs> uh, yeah that was gross. <laughs> you were uh you were you, you wore a white tunic with a red cross covered in piss sounds like performance art I was trying to make a statement and no one understood. And I still don't understand what the statement was either. So no skid marks though. Not to be well, close. that is definitely art. Then if nobody can understand it, it's gotta be art. Yeah. I was, I thought I was uh, as clever as Andy Coffin. Turns out not so much. It turns out I was just homeless. Turns out I was just door dashing for gas money. That was it. <laughs> Oh, I was listening to America Unplugged talk about um, Marina Abramovic and some oh, yeah. of the crazy shit that she's done. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm usually not like taken aback by what I mean. They're, they're good folks over there at America Unplugged, but they usually don't talk about really raunchy shit. 
Oh, yeah. And I, <laughs> I brought just, the Ron to that episode. Oh, man. Oh, man. Just like some of the weird things that have been passed off as art. And just, I, I mean. Well, she's a spirit cooker. I mean, what do you, what can you expect? I mean, he's just I, creepy. I don't know. It, it's hard because like for someone like Steve, Steve and I were talking a little bit about music. And, um, you know, for someone that appreciates music the way that I do. I don't really want there to be limits necessarily on where I would want to be able to go. Like as far as like writing a song or doing a performance, but isn't there like, is, isn't being raped like in the metropolitan like museum or something like that? Isn't there a limit? <laughs> isn't there a limit there on performance where it does sort of cross over? Does it cross over into harm? Is that where it ends? Cause like there's, there's some Gigi Allen stories that I could tell you. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean so <laughs> but well let's just say Gigi wasn't throwing his shit uh where there were children, you know, possibly that's that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But at that Museum of Modern Art, MoMA, whatever, yeah, to have her uh pretending to be raped being piped through the sound system, yeah, that could be damaging in my opinion. I don't know, I'm not a prude, but if you got a family <laughs> just walking around you know, and hearing some certain things, you know, that could be pretty traumatic, you know. But what about all the creeps in the crowd? They could damage the other art, you know, with with fluids. I mean, at that uh, point, at that point, buy the ticket, take the ride. Okay. <laughs> just, just fucking you, you. If you're Maria, you got to expect a little, you know. Yeah. Little some, John, John Podesta. Was some collateral damage? Yeah. Ah, oh, she's creepy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, Shelly, you are an artist. I mean, uh, as far as like the modern art stuff that you've been exposed to, like where, where does that put you as far as like your love of art and appreciation of it? Just like some uh, of these stunts and things, like kind of take it down a peg. <laughs> Oh my god, it irritates the shit out of me. It's been a huge pet peeve of mine for decades. Okay. <laughs> like, just modern art, like, the whole, like, interpretive bullshit, like, that, it all drives me nuts. Because it's, it's all, like, just money laundering. That's all it is. Like, somebody pretends they're, they're fucking something, I don't know, and they look at how much money Marina makes brings in with her bullshit it's all fucking money laundering well, let's remember the cia got their asses involved with uh the art scene in the 70s i think like jackson oh, was, yeah yep. jackson yeah, was a, yeah that was a little bit before that i think and they were yeah. they were huge in launching the career of andy warhol, andy warhol. that's right uh, I actually had an art show with Andy Warhol's uh, master printmaker, Noniana. Yeah. How did that go? Um, it was after he had a massive stroke and he was in a, a wheelchair and he painted with his mouth. So he oh. sold uh, he sold all of his stuff. I only sold one painting. Oh. But it, it was it was a really interesting uh, experience. Can't remember the fucker's name. What was the piece called? 15 minutes? <laughs> when you mentioned painting with his mouth, uh, I, I thought of uh, Jason Becker 
and the story uh, from the documentary Not Dead Yet. Uh, Jason Becker is a uh, phenomenal shredder guitar player that came down with ALS early in his life. Um, and it's a phenomenal story because uh, Jason Becker was taking over Steve Vai's spot and uh, David Lee Roth's band when he was stricken with ALS. And prior to that, had done some stuff with uh, um, Marty Friedman uh, of Megadeth fame called Cacophony. So, but if you want to listen to some of like the best Eddie Van Halen esque sounding music with just somebody that's not Eddie playing it, uh, Jason Becker on Drop in the Bucket and those types of tracks, like anything off of A Little Ain't Enough um, from David Lee Roth there. But that Cacophony stuff is fantastic too, if you like Shred. Becker composes music now, like with his eyes. Yeah. 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 He moves his eyes to a chart and his dad uh, uses the chart in order to put the information into the composer uh, program in the computer and he can compose that way. Phenomenal. There's like a thing. There's a famous author that ended up becoming bed stricken that I think writes the same way, like by using his retina, uh, using his eye to look at the different letters on a, on a screen. Uh, I mean, I hadn't heard that heard of that before, but I guess Johnny Depp was in talks uh, years ago to play this guy. But just hearing that, you know, just because you're bed stricken and everything, and you're paralyzed, you still do things. You know, it's pretty inspirational. You know, but I first I'm hearing of a musician being uh, doing the same similar things. Yeah, back when that whole ALS like ice bucket challenge things oh, yeah. going on um yeah. john mayer dedicated his to jason becker and played a, oh. a little bit of a jason becker song like his his com compositions and everything like if you know about the structure how to play guitar it's just fucking phenomenal um just the the control and ease of it and just like the playfulness of, of the way that he writes uh very cool so yeah there's just people out there making music all sorts of ways i mean that's that's what's kind of uh really inspiring about like having an audience the way that am wake up and the way that tmp is starting to build an audience is that people send us all sorts of things that's why i wanted to read through the knights templar thing a little bit for you guys because it gets down to like it all comes back to banking though like there was like there was a banking shakeup where people couldn't get approved for loans any further and that's what led to like the downfall of, of uh at least a, something that's been linked to decades and decades and decades of conspiracy theory, if you will. Um, because a lot of people suppose that these knights never really went anywhere and that they've actually been behind the scenes controlling things uh, from a banking perspective, possibly for a long time. And uh, we have many friends, including Graves, our friend Angry Tiger, that reminds us that all wars are bankers' wars. Yeah. So with all of this popping off this past week, and then uh, Chris uh, from uh, Rancast, you sent uh, this ABC News article about the CIA, you know, copping to what it did in 1953. Like, we, yeah. I mean, who does the CIA work for? They don't oh, work for like right. an entity called the American government. They don't work for the an entity called the American people. No, they're they're the servants of industry. If you ask me, I mean, every single place that they go, they're there to stabilize it for big business and industry to set up shop. Are they not? Well, yeah. I mean, the we... good the uh, the the original uh, founders of the CIA were all Wall Street. Yeah, you look so the it... the OSS started out. 
as a a military organization that was then transferred it was one of the original like public private partnerships when it became the cia and you had the exact same people who got in the coffin and jerked off with everybody else in the fucking round table council of 300 council on foreign relations what all of these you know u.s representatives for the league of nations before it was the u.n all of these people all grew up together all partied together all had the same we're protecting the same interests and, and doing the exact same shit that uh what pepsi <laughs> and fucking uh the uh chiquita banana people yeah all of that dole especially butler warned about right yeah it, it's you know destabilization everything that you can read in confessions of an economic hitman the that's what the original cia was effectively established to to start coups interventions and assassinations because what else if anything manipulates markets worldwide i mean what destabilizes and and restabilizes something so when in the, the when the destabilization happens who wins and who loses and then when it's re-established eventually who becomes part of that establishment i mean I, i've i've watched a, a lot of that play out through history i just don't know what they're trying to do here and i'm not much of a fortune teller type this isn't a miss cleo type of deal you know just not, not into that shit and a lot of like the more eccentric or the outside like the esoteric type of stuff if you will i don't really know much about uh, so i'm just fucking around there if i'm playing with those things i basically look at it you know when it comes down to you know what i can see in effect as far as like a if there were something manipulating these forces if there were something greater than the states that the states acting just this way happening, then I can see a lot of this uh, putting us towards more of a, a CBDC in the future. Because if you create some sort of economic calamity and you create some sort of panic, um, you can easily sell um, a solution to someone. So if because of whatever war that we didn't even start. Um, you could say to the American public, because of this war, we're going to have to change over our currency now. Or else you lose pretty much everything in your savings and everything that's worth anything. How many people are lining up and taking that? Well, shit, people are already lining up to uh, get their $50 from the orb. We covered that on the show where they had that orb thing. I can't remember yeah. who created that. I really don't think people were just being like, oh, yeah, I'll do it, whatever. I, I think they were kind of into it. Well, yeah, they, they had were, to sign up for it, but they were, they were lining up for it. And... Well, I mean, look at that. They were offered uh, free car washes and lotto tickets for the jab, right? Don't oh, forget cheeseburgers, cheeseburgers and fries. Wait, they got the fries. The cheeseburger was a bonus, right? Uh, and yeah, who the are the majorities was, in those yeah. instances? Like, that's what worries me is that it doesn't – it doesn't take a lot like if what we're seeing in um gaza is any type of template to apply to the rest of the world is that if you're in a in a place where it's an 80 20 split between the influence of another type of culture 
or another type of way or ideology, way of thinking, and you're in that 20%, there's not a whole hell of a lot that you can do. And if 80% of our country takes on like a new currency or CBDC or democratically elects to do so, then the rest of us 20%, we become those Edgar friendlies, you know, from Demolition Man overnight. I mean, it becomes a real counterculture overnight. Like imagine if, um, imagine if they never let up on the vax mandates back in 2021. I mean, imagine if they never let up on that and they pushed it super hard into all of us being able to rather be forcibly jabbed or we don't get to work in the system at all. Imagine the outlaw networks and the black markets and the places where we'd be right now. <laughs> all of us, many of us listening too. It would be in these camps and communities and other places like maybe even reservations uh, for some of us. Not so fortunate, especially people around major cities with not a lot of resources. I mean, that that's what I see these, you know, poor folks as is that you know they are they are kept from resources wouldn't we be kept from resources if they put that hammer down on us back then and never oh, let up on it certainly certainly yeah we i would like to personally thank ben shapiro though for turning like millions of people into anti-semites uh, by simply talking uh, he's yes. he is doing he's doing the work that Hamas has been trying to do in this country for the last 50 years. Ben Shapiro is doing what Mia Khalifa wishes that she could she do. She could do, yeah. To all yeah. of the IDF. <laughs> right? Right? He's such a slut. <laughs> just remember that Hamas is pretty much, uh, you know, the CIA, like ISIS is. But that's what he should be reduced to. That, that I mean, someone like a Shapiro, like he deserves no fucking platform or anything else than any of us do. Anyone listening out there right now to this shit, you could probably do a better job than fucking Ben Shapiro. <laughs> I mean, well, you could have you could have better analysis, a better understanding uh, of geopolitical events, and, and less emotional attachment easily, easily. Uh, but a third grade understanding of geopolitical events with a fourth to fifth grade vocabulary spoken as fast as humanly possible, hyper emotionalized is what dupes watch. And you got Fox News in the last uh, few days, right? <laughs> with the crying and everything. Yeah. Well, anybody that doesn't have his voice will do a better job. It doesn't even matter what they say. <laughs> Just as long as they don't have his voice, they're better. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I don't know how people listen to him. I really don't. It's just, I can't get past that voice. I don't know how he thinks that's a beard. You know? Like, <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> Your Nana drew that on you. She did. <laughs> You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> I mean, could you see him overtaking any Palestinian home? Can you see like Ben Shapiro's there? And okay, like, I'm gonna need everybody yeah. to lie down face down on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got a thing. 
Yeah. Imagine sitting at your table in Palestine, and this motherfucker comes up right. to your door. <laughs> they don't no. have the right uh, pussy consistency. The, here. the IDF doesn't care about your feelings. He's a more uh, Jewish <laughs> sweet Chuck Grace. <laughs> like oh, he's no. just, you know, just a, a joke of, of a human being. I mean, they they would hang him by his underwear. Like he'd just be on the back of a door. Like on the hook that you hang your robe, and he'd just be hanging there by his underpants. You hang him up by or, his Buster Browns, yeah. or duct taped to a to a flagpole. <laughs> that is a that is a fella that is definitely familiar with the atomic wedgie. That's, oh, we, we oh no doubt. Yeah, I mean, swirlies. <laughs> a Shapiro. Yeah, I can only I mean, imagine that that's a, a unit of measurement, a Shapiro. <laughs> very short, very small short faggot so. douche. <laughs> or maybe like how many inches inside your ass that the underwear goes is a shapiro that's the unit of measurement <laughs> as opposed to a long faggot shapiro is a short faggot <laughs> we're, yeah. we're talking about sticks here folks um, it's a right? unit of measure type of kindling that you would need if yes i took and bundled up Many Shapiro, many Shapiros. It's actually a bundle. It's a Shapiros. So we get we if we bundled up a bunch of Shapiros, it'd be a takes two hundred and forty Shapiros. Yeah, per <laughs> bundle. Yep. It's math, science, and a little bit of English. I mean, he's consistent in the fact that he's always pro-war. I'm mean, sorry, I'm... but mathematics is Arabic, and I don't prescribe to Arabic numerals. <laughs> like, I'm sure if we went back, and we won't because I, mean, I don't care, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure that whenever the Syria fake gas attacks happened, that oh, he yeah. was all up in that junk. Oh, yeah. Like, as much as he could be. Saying that we need to go over there and be men and bomb people. He was six Shapiro's deep in that junk. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. Sure. Learning maths. Maths. Yeah. Why so is it plural we, over there? The <laughs> news was really running the state of jihad thing. Yeah. That was just the Twitter. Uh, no, 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 no. See, what happened was uh, throughout the Arab world, um, there there had been a, a call for a day of jihad as a response to uh is, israel's let's go carpet bomb drop white phosphorus and turn a concentration camp into a concentration parking lot <laughs> is it the social media rhetoric that makes it real like when something supposedly is supposed to be a day that something happens, like can it be amplified enough these days through social media that it actually makes something happen? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point of it. That's the social experiment. Go ahead. Okay. Chris. Wasn't there something? Was there something similar after the transgender uh, shooter at at the trans school? days of rage? Yeah, rage. I, there was that was like it. That. I was wondering. Oh, yeah, I'm like, but like eight people showed up for that. No, but it was the same idea where they were calling for this uh, chaos day or some shit, right? Yeah, on April Fools. On April Fools, of course. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was a joke, but then it was real. Yeah, it was real. And then, well, that uh, was the joke—is that it was real. 
Right. Was it? And it's hard to get people to march yeah, when their junk is about six Shapiros up inside of them. So right. it's just it's an uncomfortable way to march. So. Yeah, a bunch of bundles. A bunch of bundles there. there. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. But stuff. um <laughs> hard to read the signs. Yeah. Uh, now what about I've been out of the loop a little bit here, but uh it's okay. They're using baby they're saying that baby footage of dead babies from a long time ago is uh current and is that are they doing that whole thing again? Like so the okay, the first casualty in every war is true. Uh -oh. Yes. Right? Okay. Yeah. So uh, immediately there was a a story about like 40 beheaded is, is Jew yeah. babies, which everybody went, okay, well, that's bullshit because you would have put a mother on camera yeah. or you would have put, you know, images of like teeny tiny little blankets that look like they should have heads, but don't, you oh. know, or something like that. Uh, you they would have exploited this to the absolute fullest but they didn't need to all they needed to say is we heard there was okay yep. and even joe biden even joe biden repeated it sounds like a Seymour Hersh story you know? yeah yeah like it just all of it goes back to that bullshit that somebody from a high up place and some magical Oh, uh, no, the gray of... zone found out which fucking idiot promoted this shit. And oh. it's a dude who uh, his his name's like Ben David something. And it is he is a self-admitted like ultra right wing, ultra natural nationalist wants to cleanse the earth of Arabs in general oh. and, and has been uh, the uh, part of a. Uh, I-24, which is a, a uh, television outlet that's owned by someone who I don't even think lives in Israel. I think he's French or something like that. But it is like the state of Israel's uh, main uh, media propaganda network as far as visual media, I-24. The whole thing, the dude has been caught out just blatantly making up atrocities over and over again while being responsible for a number himself. He's a fucking settler um, and, and is like straight up totally open about like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll say or do anything as long as there's Arabs that wind up dead at the end of the day. That's that's all I want. Yeah. Like babies and incubators, that kind of bullshit. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's been so, the comparison as of late, too. Many, many well, shows. Because that. it's atrocity porn. Naraya doesn't get her. That's why there's the her atrocity propaganda. That's what it's now called because of Naraya. Right. Uh, and so, yes, of course. But it's also a Ukrainian orphanage got bombed. Brother, wheeling out dead babies and all that yeah. kind of shit. Uh, and so then Shapiro post this artificially fucking generated image of what's supposed to be a burnt baby. And he's going, here's your proof yeah. of 40 beheaded babies is this AI generated image of one burnt one. They have money to make fucking major release movies, Graves, but they don't have money for a fucking research department over there. Yeah, no, that's what it sounds like. The shit that any of our shows pull off on an average week on our own. With with uh, funding from just our audience alone, <laughs> oh, we'd be, we'd be pulled down in like a millisecond, yeah, for misinformation and these motherfuckers get to wait. They get away with murder 
Um, I think Tim Pool was shoveling the shit earlier this week too, but I didn't even have the heart to even fucking listen to any of it. Um, just not a great week there mentally to even delve into that. But I mean, when it comes down to it though, like that's one of my biggest sort of gripes with the alt media, the way it's been presented to most folks out there is that when they gravitate towards some of these larger channels, these larger channels have an amazing access to resources that none of us could even right. dream to have. Like, we, 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 we're getting better. <laughs> you know, we're building things up over here at TMP Studios. But uh, when it comes down to it, like, if I had all the money that Daily Wire has, you yeah. know how much fucking damage we could do, boys <laughs> and girls? Do <laughs> you know how much damage we could do with that? I mean, it's just, I bet you the world would be a different place politically. I think people would look at things differently. Yeah, The amount of super chats that come in on an IRL live stream a day or like a fucking Michael Malice or Jimmy Dore or somebody like that, that's that's what we make in a month. Yeah. You know, made the, if that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those guys aren't showing you shit, unfortunately. You know. Well, to risk sounding like a broken record, I mean, anyone with any real, you know, like a, I have, I can't prove it, but someone with a platform with like Shapiro's or Tim Pool's or whatever, I always have to ask myself like, who's behind, who's behind them too, you know? Well, you know, with Ben Shapiro and, and you know, who's got IRL, you know, that Tim Pool's career has basically been going to some place right before everybody gets arrested or right. right before a fucking coup pops off. Exactly. Yeah. I know. That's like Alex just... Jones. What? Yeah. Jones. Yeah. I mean, is there a connect there though? In such a no. crazy way that just like, I mean, when people talk about controlled opposition folks, that, that offers on the table, I'm sure, out there for some folks. I mean, I, I've, I've seen I've seen enough in my time to question a lot of fucking people out there, and and that's just you know from my weird perspective of this. When we've you know, the thing, we've you don't even, you don't even need the tap. Yeah, everybody talks about oh, Joe Rogan got the tap, or this person got the tap, oh, or yeah. got the talk and the sit down. You don't even need that. You right. just got to fucking stroke somebody's ego a little bit, give them a fucking artificial following, some walking around money, and most of them will just naturally we'll lean just into yeah. whatever, yeah, whatever direction it is they're being fucking, you know, offered and shown. Or they're aware that that's a market, you know, so they know how to sort of hone in on that and gravitate towards its rhetoric and its dogma and everything. Yeah. Man, I see a lot of that out there too. I mean, Chris, you uh, from Rantcast, you watch a lot of shit. You aggregate from different places and like shit on things like I like to. <laughs> half the time I'm listening to other people, like I'm yelling at them in my fucking car. Like that's that's like the nice thing about listening to AM Wake Up as of late is that I usually don't yell. <laughs> uh, usually very happy, very pleased to hear what you guys are talking about. I mean, when I was driving, I would listen all the time to different shows, all different kinds. I'd listen 12 hours a day plus a podcast but now i don't listen to anything it's just uh it's harder when you're doing your own shit because like you don't want to just be redoing other people's shit too <laughs> like, like that's the yeah. thing like i i do love certain people but i don't want to i don't want to steal their gimmicks <laughs> i don't want to become them 
and that's yeah. easy to do especially when you're friends with people like you kind of sort of take on some of their characteristics shit that they say even and i try and be mindful of that i don't want to be you know, we we all copy each other's riffs you know but i don't i don't want to do the full-on gimmick or riff infringement on anybody there's one podcast that fucking trashes podcasts Oh, there's actually one. They make good money. They make good money off it. You're talking about who are these podcasts, or yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking Carl. Carl got the fucking Carl got the the door open for him by Kumia. It's not like, but yeah, Yeah, they took and tore my show apart. Oh, like three years ago, it was great. They thought (laughs) I think they thought I'd be mad about it or something. I just used Carl as a drop. A drama queen because he called me a drama queen nice. <laughs> nice. what was that even about where they got that from i had the red drama queen or the, my fucking show the drama, queen. the drama i don't know how they got my show for one someone must have sent it in i guess but they did name the episode after me the yeah. drama queen because i tell the story of one time when i fucking i apparently pass out a lot or something but uh, I collapsed in my driveway like a decade ago, and uh, I, they thought I was, I, my neighbor and stuff thought I had a heart attack or something. I thought I was having some sort of fucking heart attack because I just collapsed in the fucking driveway. Went outside because my kid was sleeping on the couch. She was like four at the time, four or five, and uh, I didn't want to if I was having a heart attack i didn't want to fucking die and then she wake up and find me dead so i went outside <laughs> thinking if something was gonna happen the neighbor would see me and i fucking collapsed onto my face and sure shit the neighbor did see me that's all i told it to, i told because they picked an episode of mine that was horrible it was an episode where i was trying to bring in my buddy so i had a in-studio uh co-host and he yeah, it wasn't the best. It's fucking horrible. And we just smoked a, like an eighth of weed or a quarter of weed or something in like an hour and a half. Oh, so you were ready. Yeah. It's, yeah, uh... so they fucking that was that was supposed to be bong rips and bullshit is was the name of the show I was trying to do. And the goal was to smoke like a quarter of weed within the hour between two of us. That's it didn't work issues. out. Bill Maher now does that show. That's true. <laughs> Bill Maher now does that exact show that Carl and them said was. Ridiculous. Oh, is there club, club random or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, is Carl Bill Maher does. around to make things okay for normal people? Uh, <laughs> well, he just had he just had the actor James Brolin talking about Building 7 and JFK Jr., which I was kind of surprised by. I mean, of course, Bill like attacked him. Call him a conspiracy nut, but I, guess I can't believe Mike Tyson didn't punch Bill Maher in the face. Yeah, <laughs> the time Bill Maher was on with Tyson and Tyson, they swapped there, and Tyson come on his show and just like Tyson, yeah. something about the tigers, and Mar right away is like, "Oh, you're cruel to animals." Blah blah blah. He's like, "Nah, man, I love those animals. I love them. They slept with me. I should have punched. Uh, I would make love to my tigers, Bill." Yeah, I mean, like, would have made uh, I don't know, would have made it, would have made it so that Bill maybe wasn't so arrogant all the time, you know. Mike Tyson punched him. 
Yeah. Oh no, that would have just that would have only increased Bill Maher's arrogance because he would have walked around forever going. uh, A punch from Tyson would. Good point. Yeah. A punch from 62-year-old Tyson? Ah, no, dude, Tyson because that guy on the fucking airplane still walking around. Yeah. He didn't die. Okay. He took like eight shots. But he's a younger man. He was like 30-something years old. He can take those shots. Did yeah, really Bill Moore's got better health care. The guy on the plane really got hit eight times? Did he get caught? No, it was a couple. He threw oh, a couple. Oh. Was he leaned over the seat though? He yeah, was like leaned over, so he didn't get. If you don't have your footing. planting and proper footing, yeah. so I mean, we could debate. He would I'm kill Omar with if, one punch. If Tyson didn't put his full hip into it, a full it, angry it. planted Tyson fucking hook. Yeah, no, I'll pass on that. But I mean, yeah, dude. I, okay. Also, Tyson's not going to give that to Bill Maher. Tyson knows that he's yeah. hitting an old white dude, and what that kind of sentence gets him. <laughs> You know, there was that movie. He's already like, been to prison. He knows this. I can't Shit. remember what it was called. Black and white, maybe. It was supposed to be like a, almost like a, um, it wasn't supposed to be like a document. It was like a documentary, but it was. Jungle Fever? I can't remember what it was, but he slapped uh, Robert Downey Jr. in the face. For real. Oh. It was supposed to be a scene. Oh. And Robert Downey Jr. pissed him off and he fucking really <laughs> fucking slapped him in the face. Yeah. Almost knocked him out. I'm going to tweet you like Robin. I think it was black and white. Robin Gibbons from Head of the Class. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't even know the documentary you're ta- you're referring to. It's not a documentary. It's a movie where oh. they're like acting like it's like uh, uh, almost Blair Witch style, kids style shooting. Oh, okay. Not, yeah. a, not shooting kids. I'm saying the movie kids. Yeah. That style. The, right. Right. Like a documentary style, which when I was a kid, I thought kids was real. I did too. I didn't know that was fucking fake. Yeah, I mean, that, it kind of was, except it, for the AIDS thing. Yeah. yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I thought the. But the, then you find out Rosario Dawson was an actual actress and yeah. all that, and she was there. Yeah. yeah, they did a good job on that that whole thing. I wouldn't yeah. watch it now because it's disgusting. Yeah, I wonder if Fauci's ever seen kids. Right, the time. <laughs> yeah. And Anthony Fauci watch along of kids and just like his reaction to the AIDS part. I just like to see like just a close up of his face. Like his yeah, but then he, but then, but then he turned into he turned into Paul Rubens in the movie theater. No yes, way, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. AIDS, it's, it's that one particular part. AIDS. If we we could probably hold back in there about six, seven minutes to where the teenager had a tits out again. That would be fantastic. If we yeah. could also, if we could incorporate uh, the little bit more man-ass uh, <laughs> in this particular film, because Tony likes the man-ass. And I'm, I'm a fan uh, of of those uh, the little purple bulldog chicks. Tony was giving everybody AIDS. He loved masses of man. My favorite scene in that movie is when the test came back and she discovered that she had she had not just the HIV but full blown AIDS because that means that Tony's AZT portfolio. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, what a creep. Yeah, he killed that poor girl. Uh, yeah. Easy T. Uh, Has anyone uh, seen my beagle? Yeah, <laughs> killing dogs and stuff. 
um, I don't. I don't. Course, no, they have to kill dogs. It's for the greater good, man. Right. I don't know if you. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Henry Nichols. He was like the Eagle Scout with AIDS. The, that's what they called him. No. He was friends with Brian White. He went all around the world oh. and did lectures yeah. and stuff. He moved. Uh, HBO made a movie about him, but um. Michael Jackson was, was friends with like Ryan White, right? That whole thing. Yeah, I. Uh, Dude, Ryan my, White happened right up the road from me. Fucking Tipton, Indiana's right around the corner from Anderson, where I grew up. Like that was. Uh, Henry Henry Nichols was from Cooperstown and he was one of my sister's best friends when I was a kid so like he was always around the house he died uh, I think it was like pneumonia from a car wreck but it, he had like uh, they said he had AIDS related dementia but I think it was the AZT what was his it, deal he was like in his, the Eagle Scout um, guy uh, he had like several forms of hemophilia, and he got AIDS. Yeah, so he got AIDS through a blood transfusion. Yeah, um, he 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 made it to his mid twenties, I think, but he uh, his mind started going uh, the last few years. They made that uh, uh, primetime movie on ABC about it, the kid, right? I remember that. Uh, I know the one with about. Uh, Henry was on HBO. I can't remember the name of it, but it was on HBO. I never saw I just it. Remember as a kid watching the one about the kid who got the AIDS from LeBron, the blood. Was, wasn't that in the band played on? Wasn't that like a it big was HBO, movie? right? Yeah. Oh, we were made to watch that movie in in middle school, we and were I, too. I I bawled my eyes out because I knew I knew Henry. He was like basically part of the family. He was always at the house, and so, but like the AIDS wasn't really. We never really talked about like it. Just wasn't a thing in my family because like I grew up really sick. I have an immunodeficiency, so it wasn't like a big deal or anything. Right. Um, and he was just my sister's friend. Wow. So, but like it was, it was weird. Uh, having him come to the school to to give everybody a lecture on AIDS when I, I think it was middle school or high school. And it was weird because like I, he was just part of the family kind of. Wow. Yeah. Well, on a, a, a slightly less tragic note. Uh, <laughs> so the whole like Ryan White thing happened while we were growing up. And my, one of my best friends to this day, uh, again, we're a couple of towns away from where Ryan White lives. Is just ironically named Brian White. <laughs> so there was like a two, three year period of his life where just everybody called him AIDS. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the, 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 the walk around with that. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What up, Ryan White story. That's what I'm thinking of. The yeah. Ryan White story. Yeah, they both had hemo uh, hemophilia. They both got it from blood transfusions. And that was the big thing because uh, that's what they were kind of like broadcasting everywhere because it was the fact that this kid didn't uh, get it from sex or whatever or drug use. It was from just a blood transfusion. I remember them, you know, that was like the big talking point where it's like, yeah, now it's re it's hitting uh, hitting home. It's hitting, uh, 
you know, regular sub white suburbia. It's there not you get just it gave his kids yeah. aids to push their agenda. Man, exactly. And it's fucked up. Yeah. I remember that. And what he died in 1990, right? Uh, right yeah, he died younger. I think they were yeah. they were around the same age. He died younger. Which was really fortunate for Brian because most people had forgotten about that by the time sophomore year rolled around. Right. Yeah. What up, AIDS? Oh. Yeah, no this video was not 1989. He was non for most of high school. Oh, was it 89? I was right about the ABC thing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. ABC movie of the week. 15 million viewers. Wow. Well, with all those crazy stories, it gave me time to find the one thing that I was searching for last night that I couldn't come up with. And finally, Heck Rumble's yeah. shit search engine uh finally produced for me i wanted to share this little bit with people because uh, it's something i've talked with people about but um with the um whole opposition uh, or, or way that it's been poised i guess as opposition of rfk running for anything and guys at am wake up have done a great job at pointing out that this is almost an improbable scenario at this point with him not being able to even get on the fucking ballots but uh, there was a while back, Jason Goodman of CS The Truth, that's Crowdsource The Truth, um, did a, uh, I think it's like uh, in New York, uh, this meeting between RFK yeah. and this fucking rabbi guy. And um, well, they, he fields a question about why we allow um, nukes. Uh, to be made and, and distributed over in, uh, to Israel, but not the other side. And um, yeah. I was I was just searching for his reaction here. So uh, let's I'm just going to let this play. Maybe we'll clout and it's and even if it's military is necessary <clears throat> to prevent the development of nuclear weapons by any Eastern nation. I've said that for over 20 years, and I think that that's really really important. So Iran um, should get. Uh, should not we, there should be no deal with Iran unless Iran pledges verifiably not to have a nuclear weapons program. Number two, to, uh, to change its policy of funding Hamas to kill Israelis and to, um, and to fund the genocide of Jews. And those two things. Would, would you insist that they stop all genocidal rhetoric against Israel? Well, you know, I. I, I I, I don't know how you can control that, but you know, I would say there, you know, any official document that that's what they should be doing, and I would, you know, of course, urge them to do that with whatever terms that I leverage on. Um, but yeah, I think that's what needs to happen if we if we if we want to bring them to the community of nations, and then, and by the way, the money, the hundred fifty-two billion dollars that we're shipping over there, that we're gonna we're trying to get that the Biden administration is trying to get them. That money was money that was impounded by the U.S. from Iranians, um, who uh, you know whose assets we froze. The money is, does not belong to the Iranian government; it belongs to individual Iranians, and we should not be sending it to the Israeli government to uh, because it's fungible, and of course it's going to end up. Um, building their nuclear defense program. And funding terrorism. Yeah. Okay, my final question. Bobby, um, your father in 1968 famously put together a, uh, a, a coalition that was so unpredictable. 
it was essentially Latino agriculture workers, Cesar Chavez, the African American community who loved him, uh, Native Americans, which he, they weren't the biggest part of the American electorate. He, he highlighted that. And our first conversation, I told you that, you know, I've consumed so many books about your father, the things he said about Native Americans, the places that he went, let alone Appalachia. And then finally, the Jewish community. And that would seem to be the odd person out because I have a very close relationship with the black community. And I've defended people like the Reverend Al Sharpton, who's a very good friend, but also against false charges of anti-Semitism. He always says to me, Shmuley, you and I disagree without being disagreeable. For all those people who say that Al Sharpton's an anti-Semite, when um, Kanye West praised Hitler and called Jews money-grubbing recently, Al Sharpton came to our Hanukkah event at Carnegie Hall, Little Menorah, and condemned his remarks. Um, we, and Shimon Peres, Israel's foreign minister at the time, of course also prime minister and president, we hosted uh, Al Sharpton together right after the 9-11 attacks in 2001. But many people in the black community, they don't see a natural uh, affinity with the Jewish community because they, they say to me all the time, Shmuley, I feel that the Jewish community has kind of forgotten its roots. You guys have become prosperous. That's obviously not true. Not all Jews are prosperous. We're like every community. Some are, some are not. But your father seems to have seen what others did not see. That in those four constituencies, Latino agriculture workers, Native Americans, the black community, the Jewish community, the Jewish community was not a privileged community. It was like a persecuted community. He was trying to give them voice. That Israel was a vulnerable democracy. Like you said, Israel's 1967 military victory was not for, it was not foretold, it was, it was miraculous. How much of your own affinity with the Jewish community, first of all, if you can even address that, I'd appreciate it, but how much of your own affinity with the Jewish community comes from your father? You revere your father's memory. The way you write about your father in the book, um, American Values, is just beautiful. The picture you have on the front cover of being on his back is just beautiful. Um, you look exactly like him. I'm not the first person to say that. You bear his name. How much of this campaign is about him? But is, 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 it, you're sprinkled with the stardust of his magic in your campaign. <laughs> the the stardust. stardust okay, magic. man, you got to pause this for a minute. I just wanted to let that play a little bit longer for Grace because, oh my goodness. I'm sorry, man. I I would want there to be I would want there to be this better folks that we could get into any type of position of power. But also, man, this guy to be elevated in any position to where he's made it, what a fucking bullshitter. Oh, what an this amazing bullshitter. Race pimp. Oh my god. <laughs> All of the identity preacher. politics fucking name drops that you could have this. too. Well, he's besties with Al Sharpton, right? Can, I'm, hey, I'm attaching look, man, the video to this week's fucking, source list. <laughs> one disco preacher knows another disco preacher. One race pimp knows another race pimp. All right, oh, dude. One more it gets worse, pimp dude. knows another poverty pimp. And I won't make fucking... you suffer through the last half hour of that for sure. But in the last half hour, they do a Q&A and people start asking like, okay, well, why do we give weapons to Israel and, and why do we allow Palestine to have them? And then this guy just fucking goes off. He goes oh, yeah, to the yeah. place that Scott Horton described on that great uh, thing with Viva Fry this week where Viva actually lets Scott get through his shit. Although I think Grays might disagree with him a bit on 9-11 stuff. That, that maybe we'll have to get to yeah. at another point. But um, the, the whole idea or premise laid forth by this guy at the end, this rabbi 
schmooly person um, was that you you just hate Jews. Like when you have like some sort of, you know, problem with, you know, Israel having nuclear weapons and, you know, their opposition not and being barred from doing so. And so much so that you will enact the a war with the international community involved that could possibly span the globe these days quite easily, that you'll even go to those lengths and swear to it that you won't let their opposition even have that one advantage. I mean, is it that? Is it it's that sacred? It's not an advantage. It's an equal playing field. And yep. even then, it's not on equal terms. Right. I'll throw a curveball at you. Is it even real? <laughs> well, because uh, yeah. I've heard that being proposed, and like I'm not that type of person where I'm just going to jump into it and be like, "Oh yeah, totally wasn't real." There's too many but, people that I know personally that that have like either that have been walking around filming, yeah, you know, the with their own devices, shit like that, for years. Robert Enlikesh. Who, who does fantastic journalism and has produced some incredible documentaries. His family, his parents were just murdered a couple of days ago. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it, it's real. The country itself is so fake they had to name it Israel is so it that real? the dupes yeah. would fucking believe Sorry. it. But... But yeah, the actual devastation, the actual blow, the, the reason we have an act, a fucking 800 some billion dollar budget isn't so that we can make fake weapons to kill fake people. It's because the same fucking demons that have a depopulation agenda are also underwriting foreign policy. Right. You don't get to depopulate the planet if you have fake wars. That I'm not saying that there isn't a whole fuck ton of wag the dog propaganda that like 90% of the video that you're seeing from major outlets and blue check marks isn't fake. Right. That's fake. And that would lead, you know, people with, with rational thinking brains to go, well, is the whole thing fake then? Because every image, every video I'm seeing is fake. What the fuck's even really going on over there? But they're not, they're intentionally not going. Right. to the accounts and the spaces and the shows that are putting boots on the ground or having the I'll get Vanessa Bealey on the show. She's in Damascus. She's been on my show while the fucking city's getting bombed by Israel as they frequently do. Yeah. No, dude, no. No, the you don't you have to have real bodies for your depopulation agenda. You have to have real bodies to find out and get other fucking tyrants interested in your weapons. You've got to put on a, a nice live fire demonstration. Yeah. Uh, of how these things work, what they do, what the surveillance tech is capable of. It is a fucking trillions dollars in industry across the Arctic Basin. Yeah. Well, I was going to bring this up because, um, well, we've all talked about what happened in Lahaina with various people. We had Charlie Robinson on the show a couple weeks back talk about it um 
that's what this reminded me of. Like just having authority figures telling people when I mean, you talk about depopulation, like what what was what is the greatest crime and the crime against humanity of what happened in Lahaina was is that the heirs to the land in that area were wiped out by those fires. That ultimately the people that you pass the land down to was the one thing that the state could not remove. They couldn't strip these people of their family or their land unless the youth died. Yeah. I mean, what happens to the youth of, of these people, the rightful heirs to their lands when they're dead? Well, and to that, where the, did they did just wipe out all of the parents and all of the relatives that all of these people have ever had? Because there really aren't any interviews with any of those people either. That's right. There's just, there's all kinds of missing kids in Maui, but it's only journalists saying it. It's, I haven't seen anyone on the ground that's lost a kid say it and in the exact same way that i want to question the 40 beheaded babies and the crucified baby and the burnt baby all that fucking other horrific shit i would very much like to see some interviews with some of the relatives of these missing children and i would like that because i would like if there's a fund or something like that from missing kids families i'd like to be able to show it on the show i'd like to be able to promote something like that it's something that we routinely do yeah well i mean even i thought that i was maybe onto something earlier this week because i had shared up this uh little video it was actually uh something i gathered from the uh, am wake up telegram group mm-hmm. which i have joined uh, which i put uh, links to all of your contact stuff in the description of this video uh, for those that aren't aware but uh this little video is of a german diplomat here um who is in the eu's ambassador to the palestinians i'm not even going to start with that but i'm going to i'm just going to call him sven okay uh, if you remember the great Ren and Stimpy episode with Cousin Sven, uh, that's immediately what that reminded me of. Okay. But also, uh, he performed the first paragliding flight ever oh, in yeah. Gaza in uh, July this year to draw attention to Israel's occupation of Gaza. Now, <laughs> the reason why I thought I was on to something there, folks, is that uh, there was a, apparently a false claim that uh, people were paragliding into Israel. I thought it was, it was quite odd that something as strange as paragliding. Like I've been around a lot of shit, but I don't. I don't even think I know anyone that's ever been paragliding. So, um, just just to have that little thing pop up, and then have it repeated in this war operation, whatever you want to call it, um, I thought was weird. But then also, here I am, relying on a USA Today fact check to tell me what the fuck is real. I I don't know if they have paraglider people over there. I don't know if they're raining down parachuters from the sky. Like we used to get those. Remember those old army men that were attached to those cheap ass, like little fucking like rubber banded on uh, <laughs> type of like parachute. And you just throw them maybe out your bedroom window if you had a second story or something like that. Like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing over there. Like, it's almost impossible. Like, I can't rely on our major news networks inside the United States to tell me what's real in a war anymore, especially not since 2012. 
<laughs> I mean, I can't rely on social media to even allow something real enough, like a video to even be real because all the people that share this shit, they're coming up that it's not real. I, I, I mean, I can only, I, I talked to a friend yesterday um, of the show that it was just going like, Hey, six, what do you think about what's happening here? And I said that I can't tell you what's real. The only thing that we can do is just rely on our principles at this point. Like everything else is just not real. Like, and, and not in the sense that like what's happening over there isn't a real war and, and like the, the, oh, the harm isn't happening, but just that the only thing that you can trust is that, you know, you know, what your own personal rights are and your own personal beliefs are whenever it comes to what you want from your fellow man. Like, I'm just not a violent person anymore. I don't find it in me to find any type of satisfaction and cheering for either side of this. I think a lot of it is just a disgusting display of our people and their people and all those people. And those people don't represent a fucking thing of me, not a particle of me. Except for maybe the darker parts of all our humanity. So, I mean, wh what do we do as an alternative community in media? Like the real DIY media, you know, the value for value media. What do we do to uh, turn people on to being against these wars and against these ops and the ability to control our populations and getting them to vote for things or march for things or whatever when it comes to this war? What do, what do we do here? Well, I think the, that you realize that your feet are on the ground in the country that you live in, that the people that are lying to you about this, um, while there are legitimate bodies and corpses being created, the, they're also telling you... Um, okay, so we spent the last three to five years gassing you up for a domestic terror attack that was supposed to happen on January 6th, but it didn't really work out the way we wanted it to. So now we're letting you know that for the past 10 years, we've been letting all sorts of people come in through the southern border. And whoopsie, turns out it's millions of 18 to 28-year-old males who are from all over the place and whoopsie hey guys guess what you should probably get ready for for you know to, an increase in terror attacks over the next 12 to 14 months which coincidentally having to overlap with the election um so what i would do i guess is kind of what we've been doing which is showing people uh, how they can make their their immediate and then their immediate surroundings to the degree that the degree that they're able, you know, m more independent, less dependent on uh, the federal government, their resources, all that kind of stuff. Well, and the way that I've been looking at it lately is is that I feel that when you talk about where you lay your feet you know is that is your country that the idea of the state itself is especially in the modern times is just mainly a, a military conglomerate like we 
we we we we live in a sort of soft tyranny um that they're allowed to sort of steal our money and take it overseas and allow this type of atrocity to happen in our name um something that i would never voluntarily give to in my life if given the choice um and even in some of the more darker choices that i've ever been given so it just i mean i have friends that are wanting to put together um some paperwork to deliver to some folks that'll attach this week's source list um of just you know what we can do as a as a culture or as a society or local locality uh to maybe oppose this um i don't see there being a big anti-war rally anytime soon anywhere and shelly yeah. you're up near new york that's usually where those things kind of happen that are dc right any any word on the ground of any big anti-war march that's going to happen um any city i haven't i haven't heard of like i i'm i'm about four hours from new york city so but as mad as shit's so, getting, can anyone even take off a of work for a good old protest anymore? <laughs> no, nobody can. Too many people are too are, are too poor. Nobody can travel. Nobody can afford to travel. So nobody's. It's almost like that was part of some type of 2030 plan, right? There's not going to be a million people marching out of DC like with the Iraq War. Yeah. You're, you're not going to see that, especially with how hot the rhetoric is around this. With everybody being called an anti-Semitic if they're mm. against it, um, the I know New York State is going fucking hog wild with a with like cracking down on speech and stuff. So, it it's was it the highest population of the the largest Jewish population outside of Israel is in New York. Yeah. New York City itself, but then you got all the uh, ultra orthodox and orthodox Jewish communities, Muncie and all those other places. Rockland County, yeah. Well, the Renaissance Festival that I did was at the Tuxedo Park, was in Rockland County, uh, or right next to it. And fucking, we yeah, we got lost where the street signs were in fucking Hebrew. And everybody was fucking staring at us like we were the devil. The devil. Because you are. <laughs> what are it's they a weird fucking thing that identity does to us, right? Yeah. Like uh, just all the name drops and all the different identity groups that Shmuley on that little video that we watched was bringing up. If like, I may, six, yeah. pardon me. Can Go we ahead. not? Can we not uh, address the rabbi without including either the pejoratives, disco preacher, or race pimp, or both? <laughs> yes, thank you. Or both, because race. It's just, I like race pimp. I like race pimp because it really it's just like the the way like the type of sideways thinking that it takes to be able to look at somebody and say, "No, it's okay for my group to murder your group." Mm. Like I just, I don't get that, man. I've lost, I've lost people to violence in my life and not nobody like super close, but I've lost people to violence. And I've also had people, um, lose a bit of themselves to violence. People that have been jumped, um, lost, you know, parts of their brain that they don't have access to anymore, really. And it's changed who they are. Like, I, I wonder just like when you talk about like this, you know, like this type of content being like more of like a purple belt or higher belted uh, type of practice for people that where, where do these people sort of take the turn? Do they, do they just fall into like a certain way of thought that just like they feel comfortable in? 
or does it or do they take advantage of their identity do they latch on to things like this symbiote from uh spider-man would and take advantage of all this dark you know the yeah, venomous Random. type of you know things inside of us and it brings that out of people like i see that 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 tribalist cheering like when you talk about like just somebody being in a population that's mainly consisting of x it, and not the stupid fucking platform that we're on <laughs> <laughs> um, but just uh, in, in, in the sense of just, you can insert anything into that, that 80, 20 makeup and any type of thing. I don't care if it's ska punk kids and hardcore kids, right? If it's an 80, 20 mix up, it's going to be a different type of culture. It's going to be a different type of world. Different types of rules are involved there. And well, it's, it's already, we already live in that. We already live in that. We yeah. have with the America, according to Jimmy Carter, is an oligarchy. That's we right. we know from the Princeton study or Stanford study that you know e even if that eighty percent or eighty two percent, whatever the population wants something, if the oligarchy doesn't want it, the Congress critters aren't going to go for it. We already live in that. We already live in with a demonstrably tiered justice system. We already live in a country with a demonstrably tiered uh, access to food, health care, reliable vehicles, decent clothes, a comfortable mattress. I mean, all kinds of shit. We already have that. We know what it's like. We're fucking living in it. It doesn't have to be imagined. We're not living in it into the degree that someone in Gaza has lived in it, where they wake up every day in a literal concentration camp. Yeah. We're we're getting positioned into living in a digital concentration camp. A lot of people already sort of do, depending on how many deplatformings they've had, what kind of shadow banning they're under, that sort of thing. And then we are constantly shown division porn. We are constantly reminded of how much we're supposed to hate people that are just as poor and just as fucking overworked and just as tired of the same people telling them to hate us as we are. That's a good Which time to brings think me to the Tom Lehrer. <laughs> well, that brings me to the Tom Lehrer clip yeah. that I yeah. just threw into the chat. We up. played this on Blunt Force Wisdom, but... Um, it, it it bears repeating given uh the the current week that we've had and, and just a reminder that this is it, i think it says it on the video but this is from 1965 i have it here i, I am gonna yeah excellent Play. Brotherhood Week. This is just one of many such weeks honoring various worthy causes. One of my favorites is National Make Fun of the Handicapped Week, which, uh, which yes. Frank Fontaine and Jerry Lewis are in charge of, as you know. <laughs> During National Brotherhood Week, various special events are arranged to drive home the message of brotherhood. This year, for example, on the first day of the week, Malcolm X was killed, which gives you an idea of how effective the whole thing is. <laughs> I'm sure we all agree that we ought to love one another, 
and I know there are people in the world who do not love their fellow human beings, and I hate people like that. <laughs> this is a song about National Brotherhood Week. Oh, the white folks hate the black folks, and the black folks hate the white folks. To hate all but the right folks is an old established rule, but during National Brotherhood Week, National Brotherhood Week, Lena Horn and Sheriff Clark are dancing cheek to cheek. It's fun to eulogize the people you despise as long as you don't let them in your school. hate the rich folks and the rich folks hate the poor folks all of my folks hate all of your folks it's american as apple pie but during national brotherhood week national brotherhood week new yorkers love the puerto ricans cause it's very chic step up and shake the hand of someone you can't stand you can tolerate him if you try Protestants hate the Catholics, and the Catholics hate the Protestants, and the Hindus hate the Muslims, and everybody hates the Jews. But during National Brotherhood Week, National Brotherhood Week, it's national, everyone smile at one anotherhood week. Be nice to people who are inferior to you. It's only for a week, so have no fear. Be grateful that it doesn't last all year. That was beautiful. And, they uh, makes they a wonderful point. They canceled National Brotherhood Week officially ended in the year two thousand. Oh, sorry, Brotherhood Week. Maybe we should bring it back. I'll see you at the crossroads. No, but uh, <laughs> now I was I was going to say that it makes a brilliant point though is that uh, we're the carnival on the other side of the camp, are we not? Like the the idea of running up to someone on the sidewalk and showing them pictures of like beheaded babies and shrieking at them that we need to do something about this. Gotta yeah. save the babies. You know, it's it's a lot easier to just make a motherfucker laugh. Like to make a song that makes their head bob a little bit or head bang. Uh Chris, you're a fucking awesome vocalist uh, from Rancast. I've nice. I've listened to the shit that you sent me. Uh yeah, I get downs with it. Oh yeah, total like uh, to you guys. If you didn't know, yeah, like he's he's possessed by something. This boy, like uh, it's uh, reminds me of like Travis from Cattle Decap a bit, who's one of my favorite live vocalists. Um, I think he's phenomenal. Really? Even though I don't get down with the whole vegan thing, I'm a meat guy. Yeah, not ashamed to say it. <laughs> yeah, I like the metal. Oh yes, we, we do appreciate the medals over here. We're we're gonna have to uh, once we fully uh, reanimate Graves. Um, he's glowing green. Um, we'll, we'll do a uh, a medal uh, headbanger show again. Slayer, absolutely, fucking Slayer, absolutely. Anybody got any Slayer stories? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no. I've seen their last tour. Remember, God hates us all, and that, that's yeah. what could bring us all together. I can't believe I seen Slayer down here at the Walmart Amp with the Lamb of God <laughs> and oh. Napalm Death. Fantastic. Yeah. None of their out, nobody on the bill is allowed to sell an album at Walmart. Walmart. 
<laughs> Same with Slipknot King. Slipknot played there. I can't remember who was all with them. My game. Uh, no, it was just oh. last year. Oh, okay. Or it was this last summer. I skipped out on everything. I didn't even go see Pantera. Yeah. Pantera came through, and then I didn't go. Yeah, with what, Charlie from Anthrax on drums, I think? Yeah, I was hoping they would have done it, like, uh, yeah. way different. But then seeing them with Metallica in the round, like, oh, during yeah. the day, it was kind of pathetic. And it's <laughs> like, this is stupid. Like, this is just going to turn into Static X shit. You know, Static X said, hey, we're going to go out there and do a tour for, for Wayne, you know, in memory of Wayne. Just this one fucking thing. Just this one. And now we're, what, three years into it, and uh, they're going on another tour. And they, Yeah. It's like the Alice in Chains thing to me in Lane Staley, you know? Yeah. Things keeps going. But it's is a bit, you know, I mean, Alice in Chains is a tough one because, like, even that new singer, you can't. It's not like Jerry Cantrell, Cantrell does all the backing vocals of everything yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, it was easy kind of to put him in there. But, and it's been so many years. Yeah. You know, but uh, when I went to see them, it was like, it wasn't really Alice in Chains to me. It was like the best Alice in Chains cover band in a way. And, and that's much like Sublime without Bradley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and honestly, it's been every incarnation uh, of the whatever members of the Grateful Dead for the last 30 oh. years or whatever. <laughs> and they finally fucking retired. But when they retired, they'd been John Mayer's cover band for like the last five. Right. And see, Carrie King <laughs> is talking about bringing Slayer back. Really? But with other people. Because Tom and them don't. Tom yeah. Don't and uh, yeah. I mean, well, from what it sounded like, Tom was so over it on the, huh? What? No, go ahead. I was gonna say it, it sounded like the the last couple of times Slayer went out, fucking Tom wasn't into it. Yeah, I mean they made quite a bit of money on these last couple tours. And I hate to bring it up, but didn't didn't Tom have something like uh, something to say about the vaccines and stuff too? Yeah, uh, probably. Which you know. Like in support of the vaccines? That's what I had heard, but I could be. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, oh. yeah, no. Look, almost all those guys, the, the, almost the, the all of music did that. I know, dude. It was fucked up when Slipknot was playing down here. They had a specific order: no masks, except except for masks. all the guys on stage. The band, yeah. Well, except I mean, if you wore a medical mask, no stage or yeah. prop masks allowed. At a Slipknot show. In the audience? Yeah. You could wear a medical mask. That sounds fun. But you couldn't wear... Because a Slipknot show is everybody in their fucking homemade masks and jumpsuits. Yeah, you get your Michael Myers mask. You got your Leatherface mask. This is the band, though, in their lore, at least, that used to carry around a dead crow in a jar. And then unscrew, you know, like the mason jar and take a whiff of it and it all vomit before shut up, dude. You know, when I was a kid, like when Iowa came out, and like you look at the geometria on Iowa, and yeah, they're into some shit. Plus, they're from Iowa; they're tweakers. So. Yeah, they were doing a lot of coke and stuff. Too. A lot of nah, a lot of meth. A meth Them too. guys were fucked up. On Corey Taylor would work at a porn shop, tweaking yeah. his fucking balls off. Dude. And the clown, right? Clown was yep. really 
messed yeah, up. They, they were fucking tweet. I think that explains why Slipknot is so popular in my area. <laughs> the tweakers? Like, yeah, man. Tweakers do love the Slipknot. They Dude, do. Yes, would, they do. <laughs> when they would first go out on tour and stuff, you know, like, they just had a van and shit, you know, like regular bands, but they would yeah. get the cops called them all the time because they think they were like fucking dressing up for a heist and shit. Yeah, like the town. <laughs> yeah, like they're yeah. going to rob the banks. That's right. Wasn't he doing a Stone Sour like way before us? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. And then uh, Anders, the original singer, just, just yeah. did his first show of a tour in New Zealand to do New Zealand wow. and Australia to Uh-oh. do Mate Feed Kill Repeat. Oh, yeah. And I like his thing when they interview him. They're like, hey, if uh, Slipknot asked, uh, you know, you to do like a guest. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, no shit. He's what is he going to say? Like, fuck, no, I'm not going to go fucking (laughs) feature on a Slipknot song. So Joey Belladonna turning down, uh, you know, (laughs) Scott Ian and the guys. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, it's crazy because all the bands coming through Walmart like this year. (laughs) I only went and seen Tenacious D. I refuse to pay to go to these fucking things anymore. Yeah. Because uh, they're out of control for the price. What, like a hundred bucks now? Oh, dude, the Pantera show, I think, was like $200 to be in the pit. You know, like, uh, yeah. no thanks. And they just didn't do it right. Pantera, I was hoping they would have had huge screens that yeah. were constantly showing Dime and Vinny, right? Yeah. Because you could literally have, there's so much footage because they film their shit, all the stuff. There's so much footage that all the solos dime well dime had all he dime came out on stage when i saw him at the worcester centrum in 2001 he used to film the crowds yeah. all the time and all those home videos was dime but like as a yeah. filmmaker but the all the solos i think should have been dime on the big screen with yeah. zach sitting back playing rhythm and right. not doing any of the solos but they have him doing everything and oh. yeah I, I i just think it Especially after seeing the, them in the round during the fucking day, wow! For Metallica, it's like, uh. yeah. for one, it's got to be tough to do it in the round when you don't have all the shit. You don't <laughs> right. get all the stuff when you're in the round ra- when you open for Metallica. You yeah. get a fucking round stage <laughs> you know, with you, your gear, with your gear, your little fucking drum set sitting there. Like even when Lamb of God would open for them, it's like, uh. What it's was the what, what was the deal with Billy Ray Valentine sent me a heartbreaking clip and I had heard about it a couple of years ago. But what's Phil's deal with the whole white power bullshit? That's uh, well, the dime bash, right? It was at the dime bash. Yeah, he started dime doing bash. the fucking white power thing. Fourteen or so. well, yeah, Phil's kind of a dick. Well, yep. yeah. And, and and he's he's pretty racist. I bet he makes fantastic barbecue sauce, though. <laughs> I bet he does. I bet he makes fantastic barbecue sauce. Right. Oh, could you imagine Phil Ensemble with his teeth out eating ribs? Oh, man. They, they'd have to be fall off the bone. So, yeah, they'd probably be right. They'd probably be really good. good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just... Yeah, it's it funny though, Pantera going out, they got Phil with them, and yeah. then they can't display any of the Confederate flag stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like yeah. that was a huge part of the whole thing. Little okay, odd. Phil, you can come, <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta leave the Dukes a hazard bit at home. 
All right. I don't know if Phil was big into the. It was more dime was the fucking dime and uh, Benny were the. Which is even more ironic with the white power. Yeah, now that I think about it. Yeah, that was dime. Dime putting it on all the guitars oh, and everything. Man, I want this razor back that you can't. I should have got it. I should have got it when it came out. But it's this. This tearaway razor back on the body, and the tearaway has the rebel flag underneath it. Like yeah. to find this thing now is back then it was fourteen hundred bucks, I think. Oh, yeah. now it's got to be way more, and that was only like six years ago. You know, speaking so of the has Confederate flags, back and wants to donate it to me. Yeah. Speaking speaking of Confederate flags, do you guys know that? Uh, it, this was like maybe like three or four years ago or something, they banned the sale of Confederate flags at all fairs and stuff in New York State. Oh, did they? Really? Yeah, they did. Fucking retards. It's funny because I, I seen this thing about how that flag is actually the flag of the Iroquois. I think yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. The Iroquois Nation, I believe. And like their whole, the actual civil war was between the Cherokee and the Iroquois, I believe, over European slaves. All these fucking symbols are just borrowed shit. I mean, yeah. it just it, it happens that this would artworks. So, so I've seen someone point out the American flag, which I had never even thought about before. I mean, there's all different. There's the military American flag and blah blah blah. But they pointed out the thirteen stripes represent the thirteen bloodlines. And then the 50 stars are represent the states, but the states represent the people, right? And then it's bordered in what? The blue, the water, because we're under maritime law. Yeah. It's right there on the flag. We're constricted to maritime law that's represented in being bordered into the waters, and then it's run by the 13 bloodlines representing the 13 colonies, 13 line stripes, 13... And that was what I was trying to bring up uh, a while ago, the maritime law thing. That's what they apply like in the, the court systems to get away with a whole bunch of bullshit, right? Yeah, my brother explained to me, because he did seven years in Fed, uh, that there's only two actual federal felony laws, which is treason and espionage, Yeah, I believe, are the two. And that's the only two felonies charges you can get the rest everybody that's in federal prison is under a tax number right some sort of tax fucking law is what they're getting them on because there was a couple of judges that were using that and saying like yeah you, your constitution doesn't mean shit in my courtroom yep. and I'm, I'm like what well there's two different constitutions well there's that too, there's yeah. or and of right yeah i believe for the people and of the people is the two separate things just that's when I what's so fucked up is that's where you get into spell casting and shit, I believe. Like, it's all through legalese. Right. You know, yeah. because they, through legalese and through, like, their bills and their laws and shit, they're literally disclosing to you what they're doing to you, but yeah. they do it in a law way, and then you're like, oh, I'm not going to do anything about you know, and then you don't do anything about it, but they've told you, and then they use it to bind you, basically. Basically, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's yeah this one i heard about it it just reminded me of the same thing when i found out that the supreme court made it so that police officers are not legally uh qualified so, immunity yeah so well yeah, 
what was it? Police officers aren't aren't they don't have a responsibility to actually protect the public. No, yeah, right. yeah, their I first found that out. I was like, yeah. yeah, since like what 2011? Oh, I thought that went back yeah. decades. I the, Supreme, decades. the Supreme Court decision, I think, was was maybe like a dozen or so years ago. No, it might have been 2002. Yeah, so that might be it. it. Yeah. They do not serve yeah. super time or whatever. It's crazy because yeah. all the police vehicles here have uh, pri- public property on license plates. <laughs> really? Yeah, because it's it's, right. it's what it's supposed to be is public property. I always want to go in there and see if I can borrow one of the cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sign it out. It's public property, dude. Like, I'm the public. Here's my tax shit that I paid the city state taxes. Here's where they fucking go. That's right. Federal taxes can fuck off. Right. I believe in city and state taxes. As long as they give me a breakdown of where they're going and what they're being used for, that's what they send us here. They send us a fucking breakdown. Federal tax will never send you a breakdown. They can fuck off. Yeah. You know, they we, uh, and shit. They can take that from other people. We we took your tax money, we turned it into cocaine, and yeah. we send it to a little midget uh on the Russian border. Who is now out of money and out of cocaine, and the war is over in Ukraine. Thank <laughs> God to Israel. Uh, yeah, aren't I they mean, the same thing? Pretty much over, right? Kirby said, "Yo, the money's <laughs> over. We're at the end of the rope." Uh, anyways, so let's move. And then he started crying or something. Well, they gave him two hundred million on the way out. Yeah, yeah. He was like, hey, "Yep, there's like peace, bitch." He's like, well, yeah. you should be dancing like the dancing of Israelis. You know what I mean? That's What's all that's left right now is those tickets. There were dancing Israelis at that fucking music festival right up against oh, shit. the fence. Uh, yes, yeah. on a technicality. <laughs> oh, man, dude. Yeah, no, but on now we're talking to soldiers the and shit. So there would be dancing Israelis. That's the whole uh, point of the rave uh, is to have dancing Israelis. Oh, my God. There's so much 9-11. <laughs> yeah. Whether that paraglider guy was real. Now I'm seeing it's just one lonely oh, yeah. guy. One lonely guy come flying into the fucking thing. A whole bunch of building sevens. Happened. Yeah, a bunch all of building way. sevens. They're showing us all these building sevens. Like. All of a sudden, they just kind of pop, and then they fall down. But they don't like, show anything hitting them. Pin or anything. Yeah. They're just, just the bottom pops out, and then Larry Silverstein's over there conducting yeah. the whole fucking thing. <laughs> Larry, <laughs> Larry Silverstein is like, he's like collecting. He's right now. Okay, check mark, check mark. Okay, and another billion, another billion here, another billion here. Are they all buildings that are in, in the state of Israel that are getting bombed, too? He owns all of those too. Yeah. He just he's Larry Silverstein is the he's and the, here and get this, he just took out leases on all of them. Yeah. A few months ago, right? Dude, he's still getting paid from 9-11. Oh, of course. It was what 2020 is when he got uh, the airline payout. A couple million out of that one. I was never I into Silverstein the band, so what's know. that? I was never into Silverstein the band, so I don't know if that helps. Uh, Silver, was it Silver? Is it Silverstein? Uh, Silver, Silverstein's pickups. Oh, Silverstein pickups. I, I'd probably listen to that, but um, not Who's Silverstein. Silverstein. Oh, I was thinking of the band with a bunch sure. of like the emo, whiny teenagers. Right? Just, just imagine sure like the same band. tight jeans, skinny, whiny. <laughs> is he like, the one from Australia? The kid, the dude who was anorexic. No, I think that's Silver Chair. I think oh, it's Silver, silver chair. chair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Silver Chair was great. I'll definitely fuck around with some Frog Stomp. 
Israel's yeah. son. That, that'd be a perfect song to jam today. Oh, <laughs> on, shit. On the day yeah, of jihad. <laughs> yeah. Right? The day of raging jihad, I see on Twitter. Or day of rage, day of jihad. And what's with the warnings saying that these videos will not come down? It's like we will traumatize. Oh, Twitter. Yeah, saying they have to keep up these traumatic videos for posterity. Basically, posterity. Yeah. All right. That made me not want to watch it anymore. It's one way to really, you know, flip it. You know. Yeah. Any other time you'd be banned or some shit, but this is this yeah. You is have a Sandy Hook thing where the parents are laughing and that gets pulled the fuck off like immediately. But now these with your wow. bunker busters and all, you know. There's a lot of people uh, gathering today around the world. Yeah, not for good and not in a good way, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it depends on how you look at it. I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, they're not killing each other yet, so. Yeah. yeah. So it's only I got a matter a theory. of time right now. It's literally I, I, a matter of time. I got a theory on uh, Zelensky. He's not on his way out. They're just gonna shuffle him over to Israel to become the new PM. Like you know, other <laughs> Jewish Ukrainians. Well, he's a good actor. He can play a different role. Definitely. <laughs> he likes to play the piano in certain it ways. It would be the first time they've done that. <laughs> Now, I know you may know me from president of Ukraine, where I was very angry at Russians. But today, I come to you as prime minister of Israel, where we do not like Arabs. Yeah. Fucking so character. I'm ordering 9-11 was very good for us. <laughs> yeah. I'm going okay, to give my best war crime department from Ukraine. The, the department. of battalion. Uh, and set him up here in Israel. Now, I know they may look like Nazis, but that's only because they're Nazis. <laughs> the Department of War Crimes. <laughs> right. Well, that's right. the silliness of it all, is that no, there's no there's no international body like actually going after people for war crimes, because if there were, half of our government wouldn't exist right now. <laughs> like, oh, John Bolton said, we'll go after your family. You put up the U.S. for war crimes. Told the ICC that. I, I don't doubt it. John Bolton seems like the type. <laughs> Straight up was like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. We'll come after your fucking family. You try it. Yeah. Routers and Al Jazeera reporters have been killed. There, there have been a number of journalists killed uh, in Gaza. There have been... Last count, like almost twenty UN workers that have been killed. The uh, uh, freaking deaths of children are in the hundreds. I think this morning there were over uh, two thousand confirmed dead in Gaza. At, at least like forty percent of which, if not more, children. Uh, the the idea. <laughs> This is the, the line that you hear from the Zionists. Israel never intentionally targets children. We just give them one route of escape and then send our air force up to indiscriminately bomb it. So the U.S. Really is kind of damage, right? Well, yeah, really kind of there's... There's no such thing as Palestinian children to the Israelis. They're all. There's also that, but they're trying really they're hard. They're all future not to combatants. They're not children. Yeah. They're all future combatants. So they're all future terrorists. So they're they're not children to them. Yeah. So you know, fuck them. 
I've seen like all... merch online that has like the uh, target over the woman's pregnant belly, like the two mm-hmm. for one special one or shot, whatever. Two kills. One yeah. shot. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've seen that stuff floated around. Now, yeah. whether or not that's 4chan making it and fucking with us, or if that's, you know, something that they sell at like the beach shop sort of <laughs> over Israel, I don't know. But right. Also, you go get your Mexican drug rug and your advocating genocide t shirt. <laughs> well, yeah. you can. And those little shell bead necklaces and shit. And some puka shells. Heck <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some puka shells. Heck yeah. Uh, you, can, you can go over to Israel look. and shoot shoe uh palestinians on the border with the idf you it's it's a paid vacation uh perry uh what the fuck is his name from aerosmith did that and oh yeah i already was Joe like Joe yeah Perry. he he did that and i found out i was like oh, whatever nope they're dead to me I, I i already stopped listening to them but what did joe perry do because I, I talked to him on the phone once and uh not a nice guy Huh? Yeah, huh? he uh there's a thing in Israel where you can you can pay to like uh go, go uh, out patrol, on patrol with the I- yeah, IDF patrol, and they'll let yeah, you patrol the border. a couple of shots off. Yep. Oh you, nice. you, yeah, yeah, you can go shoot Palestinians with the IDF. And Joe Perry was all for this? Twenty bucks for that? That's crazy. Yep. <sighs> okay. Hey guys, I gotta Talk take off. Guy. Uh kind of a little short. I got to take off. I Do your thing, man. Thank you it. for hanging. We always appreciate you uh, spending some time with us over here at TMP, Chris. And oh, uh, yeah. we'll come back anytime, brother. Oh, yeah. I'll see you guys. I seen uh, real quick. Trump is uh, praising Laura Loomer, if anybody likes that. Yeah, oh, I, I, I saw that right before we came that. in. And uh, <laughs> I've had a couple of, I've received a couple of text messages over the last hour or so and you know what i'm just gonna wait we'll we'll wait we'll wait till monday for that we will <laughs> all right guys i'll see you monday later guys Bye. for having later. me on yeah i um i had an encounter not too long ago with somebody that referred to people like laura loomer as like patriot influencers mm-hmm. and that term made me throw up in my esophagus a lot as it should i heard it so but i I mean i just imagine something like that if already an industry term is already an industry and therefore that these people are just you know (laughs) uh they're there to support industry in various ways um that's all i can really say i really don't know much about uh i don't aggregate or follow a lot of what loomer does i have some people that send me some things about her but uh, yeah, my, my take is just basically if they're getting involved in any more of the two-party paradigm, yeah. I don't really want to have much to do with it. Um, I found that uh, finding the our side is the, the lesser of two evils side um, just results in evil. <laughs> I think that's how that math works to me. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. In the first place, Laura Loomer is a batshit crazy rubber pants having cuckoo bird where at least where it comes to her Zionist leanings. Now what she She's is is late to the party. <laughs> yeah, she's late to the party. She uh the even when she was doing stuff with with Alex Jones, it was usually only 
to be the most like a divisive overly emotional histrionic like you you have like she does outrage journalism yeah and that's her brand of journalism she she's got like big publicity stunt kind of you know a background in that and yeah, i remember the flares deal wasn't she the one that fired the flares over the migrants of yeah the yeah yeah okay yeah and then she had a, a number of other uh immigrants like dropped off at uh i think it was like nancy pelosi's house or something like that that's a bad precedent to set i'd say that you could just ship people around like that. Kind of funny. <laughs> well, and then, oh, of course, no, Very because wise. then Very she wise. gets them all fucking deported. Mm. Like, has her producer go pick up some fucking Home Depot illegals, brings oh. them up to the Pelosi's, and then of course the fucking police get called. So of course ICE gets involved and they get fucking deported. Then she's uh, like, oh, wasn't... and we got to win out of that too. That wasn't so funny. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't know about that. Damn. Well, I've heard out west that that is an entire market unto itself, the the Home Depot jobs market. Um that the people just sort of set up camp there so much so that they, they build infrastructure for said purposes at this point. Um When I was door dashing out there in LA and I needed a parking lot where the cops wouldn't bother me besides Walmart. Yeah, Home Depot, there would be a, a lot of the a lot of folks that were just uh, camping out, just waiting for the sun to rise so they can go, you know, and do their various jobs that they get picked up for. Yeah. It's quite a bit, actually. A Home Depot parking lots, yeah, out there, California. Well, and Steve, and in the trades, I mean, I have plenty of friends that are in various trades. I mean, you're going to run into a lot of the people that came from that background. And it's just, uh, that's one thing that I think is used emotionally against people too, because like when you meet people from that background that are good people that just made their way here, uh, what does the border between our country and whatever the fuck country that that person came from matter when you're able to just work with them and have voluntary exchange? Like it just, it defeats sort of the purpose of doing a lot of what we do here. And especially even worried about like who's being shipped here and why and other things like that. And this migrant crisis and what may happen with the migrants even is that I found that that even plays into a lot of, well, what the mainstream media likes to call the alt-right type of stuff too. But I've also been able to take a look at on varying degrees of just like this replacement population idea. Um, and also from different perspectives because, well, white folks are not reproducing. <laughs> and you can see that throughout Europe. When Steve mentioned a depopulation agenda, whose population are they depopulating? Um, and if you if you beg that question, you know, then you're seen as some sort of race kook or you know race realist, and you want to talk about like how how people are divided up and divvied up by race. I may not do that. I may not do that in my personal life. But shit, that doesn't mean that other people don't have those crazy fuck beliefs, right? Like I can only control so much and I can only understand so much, but like when somebody really truly believes those crazy bloodline things and like just anything about race and, and there being one of them or one that's good and one that's bad and, and people have these types of attributes and those type of attributes because of this or that. 
I don't think that way, but that doesn't mean that other fucking crazy people in power don't. That's what I think is the most horrifying thing about all this, because I think that those are the types of people that are in power right now. <laughs> I have no other way to tell, but they expose themselves in, in their rhetoric and what they say quite often. Yeah, they're pretty, they're, I mean, they're pretty upfront. Yeah. They're pretty upfront, especially as they get more advanced in age. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> they, they, they tend to get a little grumpier. Yeah. That's when you, you really start to hear the depopulation talk of the full-blown eugenics. You're Kissingers, right? Useless mm. eaters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they well, have no more the... fucks to give. Well, I'm not like if there are so if there are some powers that be that are manipulating what's going on this week. Um, I don't foresee them stretching this conflict out as much as people want to, like the Dan Crenshaws of the world. That this is the end of all wars. Like this is it. Like that. It was like a, a hype, you know, type of YouTube uh, video. <laughs> Uh, type of thing that Dan Crenshaw's team put together there for him. Fucking eye patched fuck. But um, no. the battle of the century, Freddy versus Jason, part well, two. Yeah. That's what this is being hyped to be. And I'm, I'm not saying that this isn't going to be a devastating type of thing or even a reformative type of thing for the world as we know it. It could be. But are they stretching this out really till next election? Or could this be the precursor to something that's even more of a catastrophe before next election? I will say that I'm very concerned about the rhetoric and the division going on around the is Israel stuff right now because it's it reminds me almost exactly of the run up to the Iraq war. That's like even with the Ukraine shit and all the other stuff that's happened since that's nothing. This this is this is almost exact to the Iraq war shit. Especially when concerning. you, especially when you uh, like look at the shit that they're saying about, you know, uh, well now all of a sudden there's all this stuff in the news about the Knights Templar, Lindsey Graham's running around calling it a holy war. I've seen tons of people on Twitter that are like alt and supposed like right and supposedly libertarian. Or like libertarian adjacent, you know, whatever the fuck that means. Fucking uh, call, you know, basic using similar like crusade or whatever language. The it is all of that shit was happening during George W. The evangelicals and shit. Yeah, they were calling it, a holy it a crusade. Oh my god! Yeah. Mm. Like there's just so many fucking parallels, and it scares the shit out of me because I. Where is I think Sarah I saw, Palin? I, <laughs> I just saw already Bible spice. Sorry, Shelly. Uh, I think they 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 just announced they're going to send uh, ground support to Israel. Um, oh. so uh, yeah, the the U uh Israel kicked out the UN, so you know they're going to start committing even more massive war crimes. Um, and now you got this fever, fever pitch of rhetoric and it's only just begun where people are going to, are going to be totally for going to war in Israel and 
they're already fucking, it's already in movement and it scares the shit out of me. We've only just begun. <laughs> Nothing else has worried me like yeah. this since Iraq. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I already can't afford gas. This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, perhaps I'm a bit too optimistic when I think that this isn't going to be stretched all that all that far out. I mean, I just can't see how, like with the rate that it's going right now too, with how isolated that area is and with one way out of it necessarily. Um, oh, I, oh, if you think that this is merely about that, you need to look over at Iran. You need to watch oh, that Wesley yeah. Clark video again. You need to realize that yeah, the whole country. point of, the, yeah. okay, the way the story goes, the way the story goes is that tiny Israel was caught off guard. Even though we now know, and the U.S. knows, that Egypt was saying, hey, there's an attack, and all that kind of stuff, chatter, and blah, blah, blah. all of this stuff was building towards the 50th anniversary of Yom Kippur, but for some reason, Israel shuts off the dome, pulls all the troops away from fucking Gaza, goes on military exercise where they don't need to be, ignores intelligence. All of this happens at the same time, and almost immediately, well, if Hezbollah gets involved, then, I mean, we've got no choice but to go full scale, blah, 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 Hezbollah, Hezbollah, Hezbollah. Then they immediately blow up a Hezbollah weapons convoy in Syria, start bombing Syria. So, of course, Hezbollah gets into it. And now they get their war with Iran. So that's why they're putting ground troops there that's why the carrier fleet got deployed that's why for the last three weeks we've been hearing about fucking uh everybody who was uh, active duty but not over in active combat is getting fucking orders to pack up move this that and the other your friends who were in military families who fucking you know are like yeah no my husband split a week ago just shit like that it's it's this is something that they've been trying to get that war with Iran forever. And the U S just released Iran $6 billion just in time for them to turn it into weapons and stuff like that of their own. Funny how those things align. Remember um, the axis of evil was uh, Iran, North Korea and Iraq. Remember? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are all for? Like if is it like my my feelings is that it's definitely going towards some sort of currency, new currency. I think that there's no way that we could even make sense out of no matter how much magic monetary theory they can pull out of their fucking wazoo that they can't make this fucking current monetary system even make sense anymore when it comes to the debt and, and just like what's owed and who owns who. I think that the only way that it'll ever, you know, uh, sort of get worse from here, <laughs> if you can imagine it. Um, is some sort of massive changeover to a, a digital currency. Well, so you've got to make people hurt first, and you've got to make people resigned to or incentivized by the implementation of it because it ain't going over the way they want it to right now. So you would have to, you would have to, as a controlled demolition, collapse the dollar as the primary you know, global currency you would have to then assure 
that all of those international dollars came flooding back home, you would have, that would lead to massive hyperinflation where then you could go after making sure everybody's gotten squeezed super hard. You could go, okay, well, look, we have this digital currency carries none of the debt that you currently have. It's not, it's not us dollars. This is the, the, you know, currency issued straight out of the bank of international settlements. It's good everywhere. Your travel permits have be, been reissued. If you have enough carbon credits, you, you're allowed one vacation a year. You can spend this currency anywhere in Oceania. And, and uh, it, you know, it has a store of value that's not in any way, shape, or form reflective of the hyperinflated currency that you've been suffering under and will do you an even more solid. We will waive all of your outstanding debt from that worthless currency start you guys at a nice clean slate on the blockchain debt free let's sign here you know you have to sign just just look right there in the camera we've already got all your information we don't you don't even need to do anything all you have to do is just click this button after we send you your number Scan the QR code. <laughs> right into your fucking Neuralink. Everything will be okay. Sorry about that period of hyperinflated fucking you had to eat your neighbor's ass. Little, little time we had there. Well, that was, you know, not the worst of it. You know what I mean? Like uh, He's talking about the outside, Chris. Yeah, yeah, the Alex Jones kind. The outside of the ass. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah, I, uh, I gotta go. No. <laughs> Although I gotta, I, I mean, all of my neighbors are like hella old and shit. That would be terrible. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, that ain't Kobe anymore. It's, that ain't kosher. Is that what yeah. you said? No, well, not that either. <laughs> not that either. I've heard right. the halal preparations are not so gentle to the animal. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard bad things. I've been told that if you, because uh, I I do uh, mess around with some metal bands to get into like the radical vegan stuff, and uh, they they've certain bands have told me like if you want to watch something, if you love animals and you want to just be horrified, like if you uh, want to be outraged, if you um, love animals and you want to hate Muslims, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we all have those things about our little cultures and even subcultures. Like, I mean, that's the thing. We we all find disgust a little bit in other people, the way that they just do shit sometimes. <laughs> like, that's inevitable. Like, it, it is, yeah. Is the purpose to make it all one thing? Like, one just giant mega culture where everything's a dollar general? <laughs> you know? Kind of. Like that's what, that's what the world has kind of turned into anymore. <laughs> just wasteland and a dollar general. How can you hate your neighbor if your neighbor only has the same options as you? Yeah. Yeah. We're becoming idiocracy. Well, in, in a sense, too, especially with the identity politics stuff. I mean, because, like, when, when you get into, like, what we are now as a people, like, when I hear so many different people from so many different perspectives talk about we the people, like... I, I don't I have very little faith that the majority of people can make the right decision for me. So I have a I have a tough time believing in the concept of what's 
at least what's put forth to us as democracy anymore. As I've seen plenty of people even close to me, especially through COVID, make those wrong decisions. Like we, we talked about going to see shows like those big live nation shows where they'll have concerts like Pantera. I was almost locked out of those for the rest of my life if they would have kept those uh, vaccine mandates in place. You know, I never would have gotten vaccinated to go to a fucking concert. Those people can suck my ass. <laughs> I, I would prefer to never have to operate under a government of tyranny of the masses. Democracy is for idiots. And it was never the intention for this country, according to the marketing at any rate. This country was supposed to be a representative republic. Right. Uh, democracy is a, a a failing stage, at least according to Plato. <laughs> you know, but also in practice. But but yeah, and that's one of the the trickeries of modern, or you know, at least twentieth century into the 21st century uh, uh, U.S. PSYOP propaganda is this notion of democracy, you know, uh, the, where a democratic process takes place does not a democracy make, especially if you're in a hall with 435 other people, 434 other people right. that were elected to represent the people the uh, the places where they're supposed to live now these fucks are supposed to have million plus dollar condos in georgetown or little spreads out in nova none of them are right that's my problem with a progressive tax system that people propose <laughs> just like who, who's the arbiter of that bullshit then like how can you say well more people agreed <laughs> that we have to victimize you more so yeah. and because because they did that, I as their representative am here to victimize you. So give me your right. fucking money. Right. <laughs> right. Such an absurd fucking idea. Oh, and don't worry, the people who want you to be victimized, they, they don't even have a say in how you get victimized. We're gonna no. give that up to you know uh, uh blue blood lawyers <laughs> who are going to make sure that everybody but their class gets victimized. Because that's how this works. Kitchens, the fuck, Jesus, chicken. <laughs> There's a chicken okay. in the kitchen. So oh, no. we, we swapped oh, out no. mattresses the other day, and the old one's still kind of like out here on the porch. And yeah. this dumbass just tried to climb it. <laughs> that's a chicken work wall. And lay yeah. eggs. Chicken ninja warriors. That's that's what we chicken need to ninja do. Warriors. Chicken warfare. I mean, you got to give the people something to uh, smile at these days. I mean, that, that's actually a perfect transition into uh, this. Uh, folks, uh, one of the main reasons besides hanging out with these wonderful folks and having these great conversations like we've been doing is that I also wanted to have uh, Steve and uh, folks on from uh, AM Wake Up just because I wanted to talk about Third Eye Carnival and the yeah. idea of it. Um, the cool thing here is, is that uh, we can only reach so far and the type of mediums that we work in in these podcasts there are certain types of folks that will find us hopefully eventually and make their way to whatever platforms that we're fucking allowed to be on anymore for whatever reasons but um and also i'll talk about bit shoot in a second um but when it comes down to our ability to reach outside of that into the culture um, i think that this is a marvelous idea because you can bring together so much and there's so many different minds that I think that especially right now with the amount of censorship on the internet, 
with the amount of bullshit on the internet, the amount of outrage and 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 just fucking trauma-based mind control on the internet, that it's great for people to get into contact with one another and enjoy some art. Because I think that through art, it's much easier than just screaming and wailing and pounding at our desks and Alex Jonesing out over outrage stories every single day. It, it's it's better to approach certain people, especially with something a little bit warmer, uh, you know, like like a laugh or there's something that's provocative to them in, in an intellectual way. Right. Who knew that we would be the crew oh, to bring you the warm so, fuzzies? Steve, tell me. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. That's what we're all aiming for. I mean, shit. I mean, if you had an ability to bring that to you, your body without minimal, imp- you know, with very minimal impact, you're. I mean, you're probably smoking marijuana, but um, other than that, I don't know anything else that's like that brings me that feeling other than gathering with people, seeing good music, finding something to bob my head to, maybe even bang it occasionally because I'm getting old and the neck hurts. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when it, when it comes to doing shows and going to events like this, like one of the more, more horrifying things that we've seen this past week is all of that footage of like this. This, uh, these concert goers, these ravers, things like that. I mean, the reason why that resonates with so many people, especially people that even gravitate towards this, is that we go and we put ourselves in those places. We go, like I remember um, seeing what happened at the Bataclan, you know, many years ago when Eagles of Death Metal was playing in in France, and uh, you know, yeah. the Deftones was scheduled to play the very next night and had to cancel. And I, I'm the type of person you probably would have found me at that Deftones show if that was my locality. So you just the I, idea of you know what I found out six. Yeah. Not to cut you off, but no, that's okay. Little little reported uh, fact was that there were people there that those perpetrators apparently rounded up and brought to the, like the upper floors. And actually, like, tortured and mutilated a bunch of them. And I guess the French media, for some reason, they didn't want that being broadcast out. But I thought it was the weirdest thing that that was a part of it, but but not officially. I remember the whole Charlie Hebdo thing, which at the time, I had no fucking clue what a Charlie Hebdo was. Right. But, you know, as soon as I found out of, like, what kind of comedic type of magazine, imagine, like, the Babylon Bee. Or something like that these days, having to flip on on something that happened because it was too sensitive. For the onion. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Anyway, I, I don't that? know why I brought that up, but it, yeah, no, that was a piece of suppressed news that uh, I don't know why that that wasn't released. Like uh, there were French officials that didn't want the public hearing about the mutilation part of hostages. That apparently that was a part of the story, and then the Eagles of death metal and everything, right? They. Uh, yeah. They were uh, front and center for all that that situation, you know. Yeah, anyway. and uh, their their I believe singer guitar player person uh, did an excellent series about Black Sabbath that I watched back in the day too. It's like right. he teamed up with Gibson guitars to do that. I remember watching that with a dear friend, and yeah. that, I mean that that those types of stories hit me. And the reason why I mean again is that I have that vicarious connection. Like the reason why these targets, rather they be you know, organic or, you know, orchestrated or coordinated fully, you know, (laughs) the reason why that I think that they become targets is because it resonates with so many people. It shows you how fucking important it is. It's a concert, a Batman movie theater. Yeah. The mall, 
your schools, yeah. your churches. Yeah. Yeah. And who do you run to for protection if you're not safe there? Right. You know, so you, you have to build communities where people can, can gather in person, can enjoy things, can, can take the piss out of things and it be okay. I think that was great about that uh, comedy bit with the piano. First off, I wish I would have taken piano lessons once again. But also, um, when it comes down to it, just the, someone's ability to bring laughter into that room, which you could hear on the track, it yeah. shows you that no matter who the fuck those people were, you didn't see their faces. You had no idea what identity groups they identified with that he threw out there. You just heard them laugh. That's all that fucking matters. <clears throat> if you're like, unfamiliar with Tom Lehrer, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but no, no worries. He was a fascinating individual. Um, he went to Harvard on a math scholarship at 15. Uh, he went on to teach. Uh, he did like a, a year or something in the army in World War II. Um, he went on to teach math at Cambridge, uh, in mass. And then also, uh, I, another Ivy league school. It may have even been Harvard, I can't remember. MIT, maybe something like that. Um, the funny songs on the piano were, was like an accidental side career that he went on to do. Uh, a number of songs for uh, PBS for the electric company. Uh, he wrote a handful of the songs on the Animaniacs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's he, amazing. Yeah. His, he did the song, the masochism tango. If anyone's familiar with that poisoning pigeons in the dark, in the park, rather poisoning <laughs> pigeons in the park. Um, he's yeah. I, he, uh, taught music theory at UCSC for decades. He died very recently, but before he did, he made all of his music available for reuse for free at any time by anybody. Um, wow. just, yeah. Really was, cool. dude. Was he, wow. uh, do you know if he was, when you said PBS, do you know if he was related to Jim Lara, like the Lara, remember that really boring thing in the eighties, the, the Lara McNeil News Hour. That yeah, thing. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't think that there's a connection there. I, I did, well, because he didn't get he didn't get involved with PBS until his stuff got picked up by the. This is after his stuff had already been played on the Doctor Domeno Hour and oh, stuff okay. like that. Yeah. Um, because it's funny, because it's clever, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and he does. He's got some dude. Go listen to Tom Lehrer's song, Werner von Braun. <laughs> okay. Uh, awesome. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, but the, related to Jim, I, I don't know. I don't know why I brought that up. Just because I remember that horribly boring news hour as a child. The the Lehrer McNeil news hour. And I'm like, oh, God, that means none of my shows are on now. You know, it was just uh, boring. Yeah, yeah. Well, cartoons are over. I guess I have to do chores or I'm going to get hit. <laughs> well, yeah, and then I would. Uh... <laughs> Three, two, one, contact. Yeah. Oh, Three, two, one, contact definitely happened. It did. In that yard. You get some yeah, three, yeah. two, one, contact, motherfucker. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> back then, kids got whooped. <laughs> yes, yeah. back then. 
Oh, I definitely got my ass kicked. Um, I, I needed it. I need. I needed it to straighten me out in certain yeah. points in life. Um, I've always had, I've always had a mouth on me, so got me into a lot of trouble, a lot of fucking trouble. But um, no, carnival. Sorry, I cut the. I cut off the. Oh, I mean, one of the things that uh, people we did start late. No, we yeah, we did start late, late. and we yeah, I'm, go, I'm cool yeah. with. I'm cool with going over a little bit if you guys are, and uh, maybe we'll go to the 13th. Wink, wink. Um, yes. <laughs> or so it, it would wink, be one thirteen on the the east coast huh yeah. and it'd actually yep. be ten thirteen here where i am yes so we would officially yeah we'd be 10 13 to 10 13 yeah yeah goodness party now that we worked out the production in midstream as we often do on the shows that i'm a part of um <laughs> it's a it's one of our our like hallmark traits it's an art it is. It's more improvisational, and, and, and I appreciate that definitely. <laughs> more improv. It's all improvs. We got a couple. <laughs> we got links in the doc that we're going over. Sometimes we've seen or read the stuff. Most of the time, it's a cold read. I Most suppose the, the structure there. There's just we have do, we do, just we can, I Frank Zappa this shit. Yes. Chris Frank Zappa's this shit. Okay. Yes. We have a basic working knowledge of the instrument and an imagination. That's yeah. it. That's basically fucking it. Everything that happens. Pancake breakfast. <laughs> you know, his father created napalm, I believe. I have to say that I do get I do get enjoyment out of throwing some random shit into the dock and just waiting for your reactions because <laughs> i find some wild shit sometimes yeah, you know it was, a couple of weeks ago it was like i i was sending uh, oh, shit. Somebody oh, said i was sending all you guys this thing about how foo fighters were like hip, so hypocritical because they were all like hiv deniers like back in like the early 2000s mm-hmm. and I did. I it was one of those things that I had come across years before that uh, I want. I was like, I want to see what these guys, uh, you know, if they even see it or not, and like what their take is. And then you had an expert on the whole subject come on, <laughs> like within the hour. I was like, wow, okay. I'll keep sending things just in case. All right. <laughs> It's a magical place. So let me um l- let me do kind of talk the give a little bit of background on the whole third eye carnival thing Please. because we the whole point the whole point is that this is a a uh, replicatable gig. We it, we would like people to not if if you can't. You know, if it's not within like your ability to just sort of pick up exactly what this is and drop it in your town, we at least want the template to be something that you guys can replicate everywhere because that's why we're doing it. The reason Tease is on every Wednesday is because we're trying to get people to talk about all of this stuff in three dimensional space with people who may not yet be where you are. Because that's really the only way, at least if you can get them to, to, to come on to some of the, the stuff that's vital, like there's actually nobody in the government coming to save you. You should probably get to know your neighbors, that kind of stuff. You know, the, the whole, like, no, really most food in the grocery store is poison. You need to do some, you know, 
you establish some local connections and a handshake relationship with people who grow and produce your food. That's, that's pretty, but it helps you be more involved personally with what happens to your water it helps you in your community. All of these things makes you, that makes your community better because everybody's got skin in the game and what these goons have done is they've made it so that all of the skin in the game that you had even 30 years ago has been outsourced including your critical thinking and your emotional reactions to their distraction porn so what we're trying to do is none of that we're trying to get people to have you know maybe some some complex or or you know at least like seemingly controversial conversations in, in a very familiar and comfortable space in this case the blowback gallery in pueblo colorado which a ton of people not just in pueblo but colorado springs and denver and, and uh you know manitou and all that kind of stuff are familiar with uh and jeff is a well-known the medine who uh owns it a, a well-known uh, you know in the community in the state um heck of a fella so uh, it's familiar that they're doing a zombie walk on the same night, apparently, which is awesome. The ends at the blowback gallery just randomly is going to be a bunch of costumed zombies that show up right where we're about to do a whole bunch of live music. Um, <laughs> and so that's the thing. it will be three bands, um, uh, uh, man possessed popes and drag and the assault shakers are playing. Okay. So opening band when the people of the zombies get there will be a man possessed. You, sh you should learn Thriller and maybe cover it in the way that your band would cover it. It's a one-man band. What, what guy? That might make it easy. That might make it easy, right. then. All you need to carry that rhythm. That's a, that's a tough rhythm, though. That boom, 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 boom. Yeah, that fucking Quincy Jones, man. It's got that, yeah, got that weird gallop to it, to it. Yeah. Yeah. Love that shit. <laughs> Love that shit. That, that, was, that was growing up for me. A lot of Michael Jackson, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Like a lot of that shit when I was really young, like those were some of my favorite. Like born in the USA, there's, there's probably VHS tapes of me somewhere in my parents' house singing that song, dancing to Michael Jackson, that type of shit. It was just <laughs> my my uncle for Christmas one year. He gives me uh uh it was a Lionel Richie record, right album yeah. cover, nice. and then I opened it and it was Bad Religion. Oh fuck. Okay. On the inside, so my parents thought I was getting some freaking Geraldo ass Lionel Richie. Yeah, and nice. In fact, yeah, in fact, it was bad religion. It was fantastic. It was. Man, see, I think that um, I I always had an in with my dad to to the heavy stuff. Uh, he I thought you were always... going to be like I always had a thing for the Commodores and. I know, but uh, there, there, there is a guy that I always forget his name. It'll come, it'll come to me. But uh, he does like really crazy multi-vocal layered covers. Um, he hey, God, has... I'm really bad at promo. Let me finish. No, 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 okay. Hang on the thing. Yeah. Carnival yeah. Thing. yeah, please. Get really bad at this, dude. So, and it's important because people should should you should try to do something similar where you live. That's the point. Tease comes on Wednesdays. We are are dedicated to breaking down some of the more like complex concepts on why shit is the way it is and why it's difficult to talk to people and ways that you can get people like sort of, you know, more 
in a headspace and an environment will they'll be more open to these ideas. So that's what this is. And Charlie Robinson, the the great Charlie Robinson, lives up the road. He's he's going to be driving down to be a part of this thing. Lindsay Sharman from Rogueways and her dude, who's a good friend of mine and my aura twin, Johnny Larson. Um, I'm going to be by for that. Got some friends from Denver that uh, that not probably not popping in to speak, but you know people who at least in the area will be familiar with and stuff like that. Um, uh, live music. Uh, both Tease and I are going to beam in if I can't be there in person and going by that GoFundMe, I'm not going to be able to be there in person. Um, but unless we change that, (laughs) you know, but I mean, that's, that's up to the Lord. Um, so it, it, you know, it, but we'll, and we've made the same offer available to everybody who wants to do just, even if it's a barbecue cookout, freak potluck, whatever. If you just want to get some people over to the house, fucking hang out, maybe have like a movie night, but you show one of Corbett's films, <laughs> you got fucking uh, uh, all of Tisa's conspiracy synergy stuff uh, that you can go through. We'll beam in for that too. We'll, you know, hop in and set up a call get up on, you know, at least up on screen and do like Q&A or something like that for a half hour or an hour. Ooh, that's that's nice that's available to everybody and that's you know tease is is 100 for that if chris is around he's down to do shit like that too chris would like to be there as well in colorado it's not even that far for him you can get on his fucking motorcycle and get there have you thought of trying to live stream any part of the event uh, we are live streaming i think everything we're okay. definitely live streaming charlie's stuff the q a with me and Tease, lindsay and all that kind of stuff panel hopefully we can get if anybody from any of the bands wants to hop in on like a full fucking you know on stage panel charlie and lindsay that would be cool too but i don't you know um but yeah that's all going to be live streamed um not 100 percent on the music whether or not is going to be live stream or not but if you know if everybody's into it i don't see why it wouldn't be yeah it gets tough sometimes with like right sound things and in sound yes definitely sound <laughs> definitely sound but um no that's oh they're dcma and people on twitter now did you see that but okay anyway oh. that's an ancillary topic no, um yeah but, uh uh but yeah so but this is the whole point you know there is we are trying to get people there in in meat space um you can do this basically wherever you're at and if you're somebody who is a content creator there's probably a couple around you do something similar give you most people that do what we do no musicians or comics or artists of some way shape or form and i think you know if you want to do suggested donation some like that sure you know if it's something that you can just produce yourself awesome that's what we do already we the fucking you know take whatever dog shit's lying around and turn it into fucking some kind of, you know, mustard pie. That's yeah. my whole podcasting career right there. Right. <laughs> right. On that note, it's, it's amazing. Everybody's eating. If nobody <laughs> wants to, if you're the only one who's cooking, everybody else has to eat what you're cooking. Right. <laughs> yeah. So 
Well, with that, I mean, uh, folks in our uh, source list this week will be the links to where you can support Third Eye Carnival. Uh, let me get that back on screen for everybody real quick. Um, this is their Gifts and Go. Now, when you go there, uh, I think it's easy to sign up for this thing. It's easy to donate. Um, I, I've used it before, so I never ran into any issues. Lord knows we get technical gremlins and stuff like that. Let the folks know if you're having any trouble giving any money to them, of course. And there's also various ways in which you can give to uh, a wake up and crew. Uh, but if you want to donate directly to Third Eye Carnival, this is a way to do that. But um, speaking of different various ways in which people can donate and find you guys, since we're coming upon uh, 1013 Pacific time, uh, why don't we go uh, into where people can find you all over at AM Wake Up? Um, amwakeupshow.com. And that takes you everywhere else for everything else. And hopefully eventually someday we'll be able to at least have an audio live stream of the show going from the website. Um, and, there, and if people are social media averse, there's a forum there too. There's a chat there too. You can hang out, you can talk shit, um, all that kind of stuff. There are links on the website too. We usually stream on Rockfin on the um, but Rockfin Rumble, we've been live streaming on the tweeters uh, until they make a stop, um, which now that they're DCMAing people will probably be pretty soon. Um, uh, you're right, you freaking clowns. Um, yeah. yeah, and then um, newsletter, uh, I'm going to try to be better about that now. This, yeah, it's been a fucking September was a rough month, rough month. Um, and I did not get the newsletter out regularly. It's going to come back around. Um, you, got a, you got a merch merch store, right? It's true. It's true. It's like the third <laughs> link, third link on the website. We have the coolest stuff, man. Yeah. We really do. Uh, Johnny Larson, who I mentioned earlier, he's designed a couple of the shirts. Bill Cooper on a pale horse. Yeah, that's that's right. his. Uh, the the OG Uncle Ted shirt he designed. Um, yeah, man. Big shout out to to the folks at Big Frog Clothing in Beaverton, Oregon. They do incredible work. Uh, there's also a t-shirt company called the Brohemian Grove that does some really nice stuff that you guys should check out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, oh. they sent me stuff. I thought I'd go shot. And then Chris has some fantastic shirts on his website, rain.raincast.com. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Perhaps TMP uh, will have to look into those uh, in the future. Yeah, we we definitely want to get around to doing merch and other things like that here. Uh, just not there yet um, whenever it comes to uh, the organizational part of it. Part of that's my fault because like you said, September has been one motherfucker a month. It's just unrelenting. My back hurts. This sucks. But um, yeah, I, I appreciate you guys being here. Uh, Chris, uh, Grace, I uh, definitely appreciate you being here, my friend. Yeah, and, uh, secret. yeah, and Shelly, uh, quickly before we hit the thirteenth, tell where uh, tell where people can find you. Uh, Poison Alice on Twitter, um, Poison Alice are on Instagram, and uh, PaintedBullStudios.com. That's go. with uh, Chris. He he does our website and our Martinez Angela. So all all the stuff is on there. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Angela and all the good people in the uh, Telegram 
uh, group. I haven't been able to keep up with that while doing all this, but I'll, I'll pop in later just to see how it went. Uh, Ashley just I did caught a dragonfly. Oh, get it. Get it. It's a catch and release thing. Oh. Telegram, t.me slash am wake up. It's awesome. Yes. But, um, and then Chris, um, any final takeaways you want people to have from this? Uh, can you wrap it up in 60 seconds? <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you for all the support out there. Um, it's been a very scary uh, week or two. Um, uh, I thank you, Six, for uh, broadcasting some of my Get Mad episodes. I was able to save, like, with Tony Timpone from Fangoria Magazine. That was a big one. And Josh Roush, uh, Kevin Smith's uh, right-hand man there. I appreciate that. And uh, just look forward to, I wrote this down earlier, just look forward to me and Franco, our good friend, Angry Tiger. We did a deep dives with Monica Perez. I'm not sure when she's going to release that, but I, I went into a bunch of my Columbine stuff like way before the thing happened to me uh, in the last week. So I'm pretty uh, coherent or whatever. Um, but Franco joined me on there. I'm just not sure when she plans to release it. So, and uh, thanks for having me, guys. You know it. Hey, and until we meet again, and until we are free, we are the new prisoners. <laughs>